this is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Are you ready for this, Ian? I'm, I've, I've braced everything that I can brace, so I think so. I think that's why I've got a migraine right now. I am, I, I, I'm internally braced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, th- oh I, I think it's your body rebelling against it. It's that your it brain's is. saying, no, 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 no. We've said before, haven't we, you know, that sometimes your mind will just move off and think about something else on some of the duffer episodes of Blake Seven. But we've got no choice here. We actually have to focus on on, on the weakest part of this story. <sighs> All yeah, right. Well, this, this was a, a double blind for me as well, because Anne, Anne's not seen the last few because she's been uh, tied up with work stuff and that. Oh, you're and not going to say one, what I said, think you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> she, said, she said, oh, are you doing Blake Seven? Oh, I'll sit and watch it. Oh, no. Oh, what a one to come back in on. This is not what a one, a one to introduce people to, is it? No. Unless you don't want them to ever watch it again, mm. which is perfect. Good Lord. Good Lord. I mean, normally when I do a research for a story, I'll watch the story, you know, maybe a couple of times. You know, I, I, I watch it once and pause it every so often and, and write a few notes down. And then I'll watch it again just to make sure I haven't missed anything. And maybe a sequence again because I enjoyed it this one I've watched it far more times than I normally have to because there's an awful lot to write down and normally my show notes once I've typed them up it might run to two or three pages eight pages I've got eight Mm. pages of show notes here (laughs) good lord I've actually um I've got I've got four pages which for me is that's a lot of notes normally I don't I try not to make that many notes well normally you Um, use a napkin don't you yeah, yeah. Normally, it's uh, we haven't been to KFC recently, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I've I've actually bought a book, a little book to write these in, um, just to because I kept losing the napkins. <laughs> and um, yeah, four pages on this one. I I would Although have thought. I, I, yeah. I, no, I was going to say I would have thought uh, with this story, with this character, it would have been more appropriate to write it on toilet paper rather than notepad. Oh yeah, that that, that I wish I'd have thought of that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Because then you could have done it, something right? with it afterwards, couldn't you? Yeah. Oh, good Lord. I mean, Jarvik. Anybody who knows Blake Seven knows Jarvik. And it's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm still astonished. You know, I was astonished back when it transmitted. All these years later, I'm still astonished by this. And I still can't get my head around this. I mean, it would it's be not... It's another interesting... Yeah, it, because there are... I know, I know you're not a great fan of anything in this episode, but there are there are some sort of, you know, when you're 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 going down for the third time in water and you'll clutch at any straw to keep you afloat. There are a couple of of bits in this that I thought, okay, and and there's ways you could see that, that it could be improved, mainly by wiping it, but yeah, it's 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 a weird strange episode well we'll look for your straws as we go um yeah. okay but no i'm i i think you've said before that you've seen written in places that really this is like a send-up of the macho character yeah, I, the tarzan I, I, character. I had that in mind yeah i had that in mind because 
when you said to do we're doing this one um i and you didn't tell me too far in advance because you didn't want me to <laughs> run away too much. <laughs> yeah yeah i've broken my legs um so but funny enough there's uh, i can't remember what to, there was one of one of the groups i'm on on facebook and uh, they were talking about this and they said so people were saying that we've all got the wrong idea and it's actually a pastiche of of uh horrible horrible uh sexism and misogyny and and um, and so i watched it and i thought okay you know i I've, i could be wrong you know, my memory cheats it certainly does and i watched it with the, the mind of if this was pastiche what would you need to do to make it pastiche because pastiche that you can't tell is pastiche isn't you know what i mean no, it's, yeah if if it if it cracks and floats and it's got feathers uh yeah it's, it's going to be a duck probably mm. but i i was watching this with this in mind and no i don't think it is i think that's judging by what ben steed has written mm. for other stuff the other episodes we've covered and the fact that there's no there's no sort of comeuppance or in this one that you could then go ah yeah i see what he's doing he's he's made you know he's he's played us all along and it's actually he's condemning this behavior no it, utter, utter bollocks it's hmm. it, this is a nasty story written by i i'm judging by his works a nasty person i i don't know what else to to judge it as no i'm in agreement i mean if this was a pastiche if this genuinely was a pastiche he wouldn't be the only one um in that manner you would have other parts in this story as a reaction to that pastiche it's like if you was to get exactly. like a carry-on yeah. character like a sid james character so all oh, right sid james in uh carry on henry if you was to get the sid james henry the eighth and replace the Charles Lawton serious Henry VIII and put Sid James in that it's like that isn't it it's it you you have yeah. this character that doesn't fit in this story at all does it no there's nothing there's nothing whatsoever in this episode bar one little bit which I think is is not part of the original script there's nothing in this episode that says that we're not to admire Javik mm. And everything. It's not like he's set up to fail, and it's not. He's shown to be right as far as the story. I don't think, so, but he's shown to be that we're meant to say, "Wow, what he's right." You know, this mm. this is this guy is is the real thing, and it's it it's painful watching it. Mm. I, I I do wonder just how many people were at fault because yeah ben steed has a track record on this show you know yeah. he did power and he did moloch and the the treatment of women in there is incredibly questionable um but also i'm also wondering do you think it was in the script and then maybe it might be the actor who has decided i'm going to go hands on hips i'm going to have my zip right undone to, undone to my belly button is it the director adding to that as well and it's not just Ben Steed but a, a, a conscious decision was to actually play this nastiness up um I, I don't I don't know I don't think so I mean yeah television is a is a a joint effort so the script is what they're going off but then you're you're right a, a director can bring a different tone to it mm. the actors can can play the parts in ways that are different than they've written that can add to it um 
but the the basic tenant of this is wrong the i i can't see how else you could have made this dialogue work as a a pastiche it. and then i mean if javik was a like you say a sid james pathetic i mean he is a pathetic character but played as a pathetic character and everyone else knew this possibly it might have yeah, worked but very it also requires this story also requires all the other characters to act in ways that suggest that no one involved has ever watched the program before mm. which is really weird because you're, you're right the actors should know what they're doing mm. you know they it it's bizarre i mean Serverland in this is this isn't Serverland. No, well, I was going this to mention is, that. Yeah. I think yeah. I know the bit that you're talking about, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. But this character, this Jarvik, I mean, yeah, it, it's just it's just wrong. And the, the the nearest thing that I can see to this character, I mean, one of my favourite BBC comedy comedy characters of all time is Rick Mail's Lord Flashheart yeah. from Blackadder. This is Lord Flashheart taken out of a comedy. He is the pastiche. Lord Flashheart, the ha 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 ha, where have you been? Where yeah. haven't I been? You know, like the beard gives me something to hang on to. All that is fine because it's in a comedy. That is a pastiche of this type. It shouldn't be in a yes. serious science fiction drama. That's the problem. The, yeah, this is this is like someone's seen Lord Flashheart and gone, wow, what a perceptive brilliant character that and not not got the joke mm. and ages ago when we were doing the gunsar episode which is another ben yeah. steed story you said there you, that your worry was that some people would actually agree with jarvik and it's like oh that's telling them jarvik mm. you, you yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the way to treat them and that is the worry isn't it that that back then and maybe even now you've yeah. got you, you've got males who think that this is the way males should be yeah, I, 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 I guarantee you that. I mean, there may even be people listening to this podcast that that think we're totally wrong and that we've missed the boat and that this is this is correct. Um, I don't. I like. I, I mean, I always remember. I remember this episode from the initial run, pre VHS days, and it's because of the monster. <laughs> so that's stuck in my mind. So I always, when the VHSs came out, I, I was looking forward to this one because I always thought. Oh, this is the this is the one with the brilliant monster. This is the monster episode. Wait, I remember. I love monsters as kids. Um, there is a monster in this. It's not the creature though. Um, <laughs> it, you know, brilliantly it, put, Ian. Well done. Yeah, it's uh, so I I watched it on VHS, and we should really find out exactly when the VHS has come out. Let's say mid eighties, um, mid to late eighties, when they come out. I remember sitting and watching this and being. Uh, not not a phrase I like because I think they've used, but gobsmacked. I I sat there in silence thinking, how could I be so wrong? Mm. But I think when I first watched it, because this was what about seventy nine, eighty, eighty I think it when was, it was first yeah. shown season three, isn't it? Eighty. So I would have been just coming up for twelve. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> I don't even think at that age, being a, a, a an idiot, twelve year old, I don't, I, I don't, I hope I didn't go way gone, Javik. No. You're telling them. Well, I was eighteen, and I certainly didn't think that. You know, I can remember being really, um, you know, 
miffed by this story and uh, I used to you know I keep talking about these audio cassettes and I used to listen to them in rotation you know just like we might watch you know have a a, a binge watch and you watch the episodes in order I would play the audios in order and this one I can remember listening to and not liking the Javik character Um, but you know there was mention of a proto space age landing module and there was a, a spider yeah. monster i vaguely remembered mainly from there was a photo of the spider on the back of uh, an issue of starburst a nice big clear photo yes. yeah, and exactly. that's all i remembered and like you i was appalled when it came out on video to, to now see Jarvik with hands on hips and torso you know on view and the spider but we'll talk all about this when we uh, get to each bit shall we yes yeah the the, the only other character i can oh man and this this is this is insulting to the other character is um the buck rogers in the 25th century is a similar style of character in that a man out of out of his time although javik isn't his attitude throughout they're saying he's a you know he's he's a uh, he believes that technology is wrong and he believes that men should be men and so he's a character out of time he's that sort of classic the idea that 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 a character that is more barbaric older is it better than a modern... it's more noble yes. yes yeah this is this is the, the equivalent of like in the mid 70s if you'd had someone a man that used moisturizer yeah you know uh, it, it everyone else would have gone no 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 a man that just puts lard on his face and goes out in the sun that's the best uh but buck rogers had so many extra facets to his character and uh Gil Girard was had such personality mm. that he could get away with it, and this character hasn't. And there's no, there's no sort of scene of comeuppance. No, no, even know, even his demise is by accident, isn't yeah. it? You know. Yeah. All right. It's... Yeah. Oh, well, come on, know. let's get through it. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's, let's, let's look at this. Let's break it down in detail. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know if if my migraine's going to get worse as we get on, or is it yeah, going to get might. better as the, the nearer I get to the end? So I think I think to to, bal- to balance it because we've been very negative about Javik up till now. I think just that, so we're going in with a bit of balance. You know, if we like a bit of balance on this show, um, I think I'll say something nice about Javik. Um, his jumpsuits, all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grey and blue. You can't really. It's, not, it's uh, yeah. nicely sewn together. It's not jarring. It's a, a jarring Jarvik. Um, it's not as jarring as Terence. Terence cream Tarrant, and brown I, outfit. I, yeah, my first line in on my notes is Terence clothes polyester. <laughs> awful. Oh. All right. Well, okay. Let's get started. Let's get started. So we open on the Liberator flight deck, and right from the get-go, we've got Tarrant in charge, haven't we? Could you get it on visual? Not a chance. Anyway, it's not an it, but a them. There's two of them. The readings are the same? Same type of ship. It's our orbit pattern that threw me. Our scanners only see one at a time, and we can't get either on visual because we're in the permanent dark side. Confirm that, Zen. The pattern is mathematically possible, but cannot be confirmed without an independent Independent point point of scan. scan. Okay, Zen, we've read the same manuals. It's an old Federation maneuver. Unimaginative, but says a punch in the mouth. We don't need either. At least it tells us who sent them. Serverland. Always a bad sign. Always, Always a bad sign. Yeah, I mean, what is the deal here? I mean, is this Ben Steed not knowing the show or the characters well? Is it him being told by the production office, we've got this new character yeah. called Taron and we're planning that he is going to be the new Blake and he wrote it as if everybody's afraid of Taron and it's Taron's ship, blah, blah, blah. Or is it an old story? 
Is this an old story with Blake in it? And that's why everything is about Tarrant in this one, isn't it? Well, because I, I thought I, when it started, I thought that I was sort of thinking, okay, is this is this a Blake script that they've tipexed out Blake and put Tarrant? I don't think that's the case because it wouldn't work with Blake in a Tarrant role. No, he so knows a lot about change... Federation strategy and everything coming yeah, up, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't think this this doesn't. Doesn't I mean I'm happy to be proved wrong if someone you know knows better, but uh, it doesn't to me it doesn't feel like this is a Blake script that they've done. I I think at this point your second option that they the production crew have gone okay we haven't got Blake but we have got this brilliant new guy and he's got curly yeah so we'll we'll start pushing him as the lead character. Now I'm wondering did because. I don't think in many episodes they do this, do they? But was it because of this episode? Did they watch the the finished episode and go, yeah, that ain't going to work? No, let's focus on Avon. Yeah, Avon's in control. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Ev- every, everyone is slightly off in this, isn't it? I mean, Avon starts off slightly off, but then you sort of get, I think Paul Darrow pulls it back round and you, you go, okay, yep, there, yeah, this is Avon, okay. But every, it requires everyone to, to work slightly off to not be slightly right to get this storyline to work where Tarrant is now the most feared yeah. captain in in space and he's their lead it's Tarrant's ship yeah. Tarrant's crew yeah. Tarrant's plan oh he's totally in control yeah. isn't he he's yeah. totally in control um, and on the, and on the flight deck there, yeah, he knows that there's one ship out there, and he suspects that it's, there's maybe one, maybe another one as well. And all the while he's explaining this to Dana, did you notice he doesn't look Dana in the eyes? Okay, he keeps just short of that looking up at the ceiling thing, but he's looking everywhere yeah. except looking at Dana, the person he's talking to, and he's just so smug in this, you know, saying that he and Zen have read the same manuals. My my, my memory before I, we started doing this podcast is, you know, Tarrant was just forgettable, but now watching watching these shows with a view to talking about them. He, he he is really starting to tick me off. He is very annoying. This character. Yeah, and it's I mean, and that can work. You can you can have a character like this that is meant to be annoying, but the audience can can like and can cope with. And but this, yeah, Tarrant is not likable. I know that he's got. I know that. And we're t- again, just to reiterate, we're talking about the the character, the character here, not yeah. the actor. Yeah. Yeah, the act, the actor, I'm sure, you know, was was probably liaised to play it like this, and mm. you know, the script sort of matches. So, it was, so I'm not having a go at uh, um, Stephen Pacey, but the character is totally unlikable, but not in a in a way. It's not an anti-hero way. It's not endearing at all, is it? No, no. He just comes across. I mean, you you really do want someone just to slap him down mm. verbally. I, you know, you want Zen to have a go at him. You want someone to have a go at him, and and that usually, usually Avon will do something that puts him in his place, or someone else will. But particularly in this episode, because they're they're obviously trying to build him up that he is actually right. He is actually mm. he knows what he's doing. You you get a couple of little Avon put downs, but they're not they're not the pinpoint accurate ones we're used to from Avon, and it no. it. Yeah, it feels weird that that we've got so many characters in this episode that that don't deserve 
any respect. Mm. And Talent's one of them, I think. It's Yeah, I mean, you, you said some of the characters are slightly out of character. I, I, I would say some of them are even more, but we'll talk about that when yeah. we reach certain scenes in this. But uh, yeah, there he is, and he's being smug, and he's explaining it to Dana. We've, we say about Tarrant's cream and brown outfit, Dana, oh. Dana's shown an awful lot of cleavage this, this week. She is, yeah. And uh, I'm very surprised Jarvik didn't comment on that, Jarvik being as he is. I'm surprised there yeah, was no well, Leslie Phillips ding-dong or anything like that. Well, I, I imagine that other prejudices go hand-in-hand hand for Jarvik. Right. So I imagine, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go too far down that road, but yeah, <laughs> I I imagine Jarvik looked at I mean, he looked down on women, but I imagine he would look down on someone like Dana even more. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah. And you've got Callie there as well. Did you notice? I mean, you you always notice costume things. Did you notice she had key rings hanging from her shoulders? Yes. Yeah, like, um, oh, they, they, I, there's a name for those sort of things. But, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's weird that the costumes in this episode, they're all slightly, again, slightly not. They're all off, aren't they? Yeah, they're not good. Uh, even even Avon, I mean Avon wears some weird stuff, but it, it, Avon's looks like he's got dog collar. You know the uh, <laughs> the Blackadder episode where he wastes his money on a, a wind cheater yeah. <laughs> made out of dogs with collars on or cats with collars on. Avon's looks like that. It's got weird strapping on it. I was going to say it's got it's got needless strapping. But there's yeah. no point to have them straps there. What do they do? They look, Is it protecting well. to a parachute? Like they, well, it could be, but they look like if he walked past a hook or so, he's going to get caught. Yeah. Well, so would Callie with her little key yeah, rings. Yeah, with her you know? key rings, yeah. I'm thinking... I, I think the only, yeah, the only character that comes out of this with any any real dignity, and that's because you have almost can see the actress has given up on this, is Callie. And she's got so little to do, but she at least doesn't... Perhaps that's it, because she's got so, many, so few lines. She doesn't seem out of character. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, he's deduced that it's a Federation trick, and he tells Callie to call Avon and Villa back up from the planet that they're down on. Um, And then we go to Space Command, okay, what we were talking about, you know, FedStat 2. Um, But Servalan is on the bridge of her command cruiser, her Season 3 command cruiser. Yeah, Um, I I was trying to work out, is she meant to be on the FedSat 2, and where's it meant to be? mm. Is Is that her command, is that meant to be a ship now? Well, or did they just have that footage well, kicking about? I thought initially, oh, right, okay, they've used the model shot because that's all they've got, but she is on her command cruiser because that's clearly her bridge. I, I, if you're just an average viewer, you're not, you're not going to think about this, but if you're a fan of the show, you know that that's Space Command and you know that's a command cruiser. But I thought, oh, they've just used, get a bit of model footage, she's on her ship, because later on that Duster guy says, Tarrant is coming here doesn't he? Yeah. So so therefore they have travelled to the Kairos system, okay, but there's a whole thing about, you know, they're working below decks and you've got the labour grades working below decks, which would suggest that they, they are on a space station rather than a spaceship. Yeah, but why would you, why would you manoeuvre your space station out of the security of sort of Earth orbit? Mm. Yeah, it, it it's weirdly, weirdly scripted and weirdly 
shown in this episode. Yeah. The, it's either yeah, Space I, Command. I yeah, yeah, it's either Space Command and they didn't have the set for her her office, so yeah. they used that one, and Space Command can travel uh, at time to store to other places, or it's her command cruiser, but they didn't have the model for it for the establishing shot. Yeah. Mm. But then, like you say, that, that sort of... Why would you have... Why would you have cargo workers and yes. things like that? Like, yeah. it, it, and talk about no the sense. port side later on as, as well and everything. Yeah. But that's a very small niggle in this story. Oh, yeah. A very yeah. small niggle. But we would be negligent if we didn't raise it. We have to mention it, don't we? Yes. yes. But she's being advised by her aide, this guy called Dastor, uh, who urges that what they're doing is a dangerous manoeuvre and uh, that she attack now. What is Tarrant doing? He can run or he can attack, but he does neither. Madam President, if I might make a suggestion... Assault Leader 1, status check. Maintain contractual orbit with Leader 2. Report liberated, detect the scans operative. He knows they're there. If I might suggest... Assault Leader 3, status check. Holding eclipse pattern with Leader 1. We're sustaining high energy loss. It's a dangerous manoeuvre. Request we attack immediately. No, wait. Madam President. He's eclipsed, so Tarrant can't know he's there. But he suspects he's no fool. Madam President, I must counsel that you attack now. No. No, this time we get it right. But if only for the sake of your position, your esteem. My what? They're talking below decks, madam. I wouldn't repeat it, but... You will repeat it. Well, it's all foolishness, of course, but... Go on. They say you're afraid of talent. Well, afraid to attack, that is. But, of course, nobody who knows you would ever... Who says so? But chiefly, it's one man, a worker from the construction grades. An artisan. He says... He says any fool with three pursuit ships could take the Liberator. Oh, he does. And what is the name of this construction worker whose tactical knowledge far surpasses that of my battle-tested veteran starship captains. They call him Jarvik. Jarvik. Interceptor leader to control. Request instructions. Hold position, interceptor leader, and wait for instructions from assault leader one. We will attack when the liberator breaks out of Alpha Sector. Four should do it nicely. Well, Duster, I think it's time we had a little strategic council. Bring this Jarvik to me. This aide is um, he—he's the—he's the character in the script. That's he's the modern man equivalent, isn't he? If, yeah. if this was a uh, a 1970s thing, and he's constantly shown to be uh, timorous, wrong, wrong-headed, and incompetent. And again, this yeah, incompetent. This this failed. See that. You could have turned this around at the end by having Javik killed by him, and it shows, yeah, you know what, mm. I, I've got the power, or something like that. But yeah, nothing. It's just he's there to show how wrong someone is that that relies on training and uh, computers mm. against macho macho man. Mm. But he makes the blunder of revealing that they're talking below decks. Okay, because here we are, you know. Yes. Um, and one man named Jarvik says that any fool can take the Liberator with three pursuit ships. Um, but Serval- having, having worked, yeah, I was going to say, having worked for Serverland for presumably a, a little bit of time, why would you bring that up? <laughs> yep, it's what we were saying about lights. You know, you know how she can be. Don't, yeah. don't, don't rattle her cage. 
Yeah, I mean, if there's ever someone that's going to shoot the messenger, it's, it's Serverland. Yeah, yeah. You don't... Yeah. <laughs> she says they'll attack when the Liberator leaves Alpha Sector and orders that Jarvik be brought to her. Okay. And on the Liberator, Tarrant is convinced the third ship is out there and he asks for Zen to do a parallax scan, whatever a parallax scan is. Yeah. God knows. They yeah. haven't done that before, have they? Yeah. And uh, yes, there is another one. And um, but it's at that point that Avon says they're ready to come up, which they do with uh, much yep. grumbling from Villa. Did you get what you went down there for? Yes. Where is it? A rock? Something like that. Zen, just a minute, Tarrant. Zen. Sorry, Avon, we haven't got time. No, but we do have a superior spacecraft. Zen, identify that if you can. The substance is Sopron. Sopron, is that all? No further information is available. Analyze it. Avon, please. Just a minute. Sopron is non-organic, silicon-based, and registers high electronic activity. Its function? Its function is that of a capacity-charged brain. Thank you, Sam. You can carry on now. Um, I like their outfits. When they come up, I do like their outfits, and I like their gas masks especially. Yeah, uh, it's an, I, I'd rather be watching their adventures on the planet. I'd rather be watching Avon looking for rocks. I'd rather just watch the <laughs> rock. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe even the Hollywood version of the rock. You know, I'd, maybe yeah. I'd, I'd watch rather watch him than Jarvik, yes. But, uh, you know, yeah, Avon has this rock with him, and he stops Tarrant's work by asking Zen to identify what this Sopron is. Now, as as bad as this story is, I do like the notion that whatever scans or looks at the rock sees itself, but slightly exaggerated, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, this. I think this is one of the few... I mean, we were saying about clutching at straws. The idea of a, of a, a creature that does that is is really clever and sadly never mentioned again but even that's handled in a sort of poor way uh, in this episode i mean we'll, we'll come to it later when uh, the, the 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 climax of the show um but yeah this 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 should have been the main storyline mm. yeah I don't, this this is much more interesting and and they and it's just used purely as a uh, deus ex machina later yep. on yep. nothing comes of this but no. yeah it's and i do like the fact that avon this again small mercies avon i like the fact that he's totally disinterested i mean it doesn't it doesn't match what we know of avon because avon's very much about self-preservation so he would be the one getting annoyed and that but i do like the fact that he's sort of it's like, yeah, the, the, what you're doing, Tarrant, that's so immaterial to me. Just go and play somewhere else. Mm. And I, I, li- I like those bits in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I think all the best bits are with Avon in this story. Yeah. Um, but Zen, he scans it and he says it's silicon-based, non-organic and a capacity-charged brain. That's how Zen sees himself. And that is a yeah. good description it, of Zen, isn't it? It is. And isn't it interesting that there's a definite differential made between Zen and a computer as Aurac when he scans it. Yes. Um, yeah, we learn some nice stuff by this 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 rock. Like we learn that the Liberator's made of Herculaneum and things like that. And it's nice because normally we don't, we would never find that out normally, would we? No, no. 
No, and I, that is a good description. I, now, I don't know if this is, because Ben Steed did three stories, I don't know if this is a tweak by the script editor or whatever to put in this description, but that's kind of like on the nose, isn't it? Zen could be described as a silicon-based, non-organic, capacity-charged brain. Yeah, he's not He's not a computer. So, I I, I, I mean, we, we can't say for certain that these are not Ben Steed's parts, um, but... It, I think it, it feels like it doesn't match the rest of it. No, no. It's, it's too good, basically, isn't yeah, it? It's, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say that, but yeah. It's, it's too well written, and it's too it's too in keeping with someone that knows this series mm. in great detail, which yeah. none of the rest of the episode no, is. No, Tarrant knows the only safe way out is Alpha Sector, and they begin to move, and on Space Command, they see it moving as this Jarvis is brought in. Here we go. He comes in, hands on hips, legs wide open, um, and his top unzipped. I mean, wh- wh- the way he stands there with his legs wide open, he's like Talos in Jason and the Argonauts. You expect a small ship to sail between his legs, don't you? They're that far apart. He, yeah, he's yeah, he's again a Blackadder illusion. He's uh, he's very serious because his his legs are so far apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nobody, like nobody yeah. in anything stands like that. You know, nobody. Unless I mean, it's a comedy. I've got so many, yeah, unless it's comedy. I've so many things wrong with this scene as well. I mean, there's so much wrong with this episode, but so many things wrong with this scene. Hey, it's like, why have they brought him to the bridge in the middle of a battle? I know that they try and get around that by, she, Silverland says, what, why, what's this person? And, and her aide says, oh, you told me to bring him to you. He's not that shit. This is, yeah, this is purely so that Javik is here. Hmm. Um, it, 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 it's, it, stretches credulity to the point where i mean it's already this episode stretches it so far but this is already and we're what like five minutes in well we're only like 30 seconds into seeing this guy and already it's like dear oh dear oh dear what is going on already within like 30 seconds of him being there his um he's got an interesting look about him as well hasn't he like it i I don't i've i mean Anne recognized this actor straight away she said oh he was in the bill Oh, and was like, he? Yeah, and he was, yeah. And she looked it up, and it was, and she remembered him. So I, I think there's, I think the actor's fairly. Every, a lot of people say, oh, it's the actor playing the part wrong. No, I don't think. I think he's a competent enough actor, and I think he's, it's an interesting look. He's, he sort, he reminds me of, um, do you know the actor? Is it uh, Xavier Barden? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He reminds facially. He reminds me of him. So there's, there's lots there to play with, but I just don't think it's, it's well written enough to to do anything no, with them no you almost and, imagine him yeah you almost imagine him go <laughs> he is he, he, he yeah, yeah. it's lord flashheart he, all he needs to do yeah. is slap his thigh doesn't he yep yeah oh good lord um who is this man goes serverland who is this man jarvik madam president you requested jarvik of course jarvik jarvik the construction worker what was it now? Any fool could take the Liberator with three pursuit ships. Well, the Liberator will soon be diffusing itself throughout the galaxy as so many billion split particles. So, regrettably, we shall never know. Thanks to the folly of your president, who with her aides and her technical advisors, her battle computers and her captains, extravagantly disposed herself to use four pursuit ships. And yet any fool could have done it with three. 
perhaps this particular fool will tell her how. Well, have you nothing to say to Servala? Woman, you're beautiful. And um, she sneerily puts him down. Um, finish it. And this is this is where I start having a problem. Um, this is the first instance uh, I think that Jacqueline Pierce is starting to camp it up. You know, she's starting yeah. to um, become this vamp. She's never ever referred to herself as Serverland before, has she? She's never no, referred why, to herself in yeah, the first person before. And all yeah. this arms up in the air business, this flamboyant gestures, she's never done this before. And I'm guessing this is the start of Jacqueline Pierce going the vampish, you know, camp yeah. gay icon route, if you like. You is, know? Is, is this the first sign that she's bored? It might that, be. You know? Yeah. Because she, I mean, she's a brilliant actress and Servalan up to this point has been a brilliant character so you know great deal of depth great deal of personality but what as like we were saying before no one no one is correct in this episode no, no and this servalan is. is the worst offender i think i think so i mean you yeah. know what we've got here and and how he's just about to treat her and everything you know um you compare that to what we were talking about last week when she's talking to joban and that the two of them are just sat oh, at a desk yeah. And it's if, like two cobras looking at each other, wasn't it? You if, know. Yeah. If you showed these two scenes to someone that do- doesn't know about, it, they would go, "Oh, this this actress, she must be in two different shows." Mm. You wouldn't think it's from the same show. No. I wonder then if I wonder if she's seen again next next time you're at a convention, she's there. You can ask her. I wonder if she saw the script for this and realised the tone of it and that and this is sort of this is her is this a reaction to it yeah is this i'm i'm not going to put much effort into this because it's it's so appalling or maybe she just sees it jarvik is so ridiculous i'm going to be ridiculous as well i'm going to up it it might be an actor thing that i i don't want to i don't want to be overshadowed by this you know this character therefore i've got to go bigger to actually yeah, the, the yeah, cla- yeah. We're back to the classic time lash aren't we with uh, Paul, Paul Darrow, Darrow and, and Colin, uh, Baker. Colin Baker yeah it could yeah. be it could be something as... it could be that yeah. yeah it's it's such a weird business acting isn't it that that so many things can yeah. affect a performance I was going to say and this, this be... yeah I was going to save this for later on when when she yeah. uh, um, goes on to the flight deck of the Liberator but on the oh. on one of the making ofs on the DVDs, uh, one of the set designers said about how, you know, the actors liked coming down onto the flight deck of the Liberator because they are coming down steps and it's a dramatic entrance, but none of them like leaving because you turn your back to the camera and then clumsily go up steps, you know, and I was reminded of that later on in in this story. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's... It's a weird old business, isn't it? It is. But yeah, for all her trouble, the whole vamping it up and have you got nothing to say to Servalan, all she gets for her trouble is, woman, you are beautiful, and a quick smack on the lips. And then we get this very unconvincing brawl between Jarvik and uh, some, some guards. I've written down, awful fight. I think calling it a fight is a, an over-the-top. These guards, I mean, they're... Servalan, as we know her, she would have had Javik killed straight away. Yeah. 
I think. Well, the guards I mean, would the have shot immediately, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they guard in him, and he 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 does all that. Sh- that, 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 that. He's just assaulted your boss. Shoot him. Yeah, and this is the. I mean, we. Can, I can't blame Blake Seven alone for this because almost every show that I watch does this. Is where a, a villain will say to some to a guard, "Kill them." And then they'll get into a little fight or something happened. And then they don't kill them. And then they don't keep trying to kill them. No. And it fits the plot. Why the minute that he didn't have the gun on Servalant, those guards should have just gunned him down. Yeah. They were under orders to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, it's not up to them to judge that, oh, Servalant's changed their mind. Do you think... Yeah, it annoys the, me that. Yeah, do you think the actor here has watched um, some Errol Flynn films? Because this all reminds me of something from, you know, like, <laughs> he, he, is Robin Hood or something like that, where you have these unconvincing well, yeah. little brawls. And it's just, no, just shoot him. Get your bow and arrow out and shoot him. Don't just stand there and watch him. Yeah, this, you're right. And this is this fits back with the where he stood hands on hips. Ha, ha, ha. I am Robin of Sherwood. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very much played in that way. And... Again, is this a react? As the director told them to, uh, you know, to play it up a bit, or is this a reaction that they, they know the script isn't very good, so they're they're pantomiming it up a bit. Pantomime, that's the right word. Yeah, you know, they have a, a want to do, don't they? They, they, they always used to say on Doctor Who that the trouble with getting people that had never been in sci-fi before is as soon as they realise it's sci-fi, they go into panto mode. Mm. Um, and this, this is you've got a lot of ill-judged performances oh this is very amdram oh it is it is yeah. pantomime this is the sort of fight you have on stage when you're at your local theater watching a pantomime definitely um but after that they listen as the liberator escapes through delta section and Jarvik says that tarrant knew where the trap would be you know because his computers told him the only safe one and therefore da 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 and finishes it off with the you don't know tarrant he's a man he thinks and acts like a man. And Serverland says, as Jarvik is a similar man, he'll know where Tarrant is going. And Jarvik goes, oh, yes, he's going to the Harvest of Kairos. Uh, what? What? Yeah. How? Pulled How out, you asked, didn't you, Jarvik? What? Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, they sort of say, don't they, that... that um, so... Isn't it a, a wonderful, wonderful coincidence? The cat's just attacking me with her claws. You're right. You don't like this episode either, do you? No, she didn't like it. <laughs> Last um, week you got a nudge. This week you get some clawings. Yeah, getting claws. Yeah. That tells you. That perhaps that's. We should have uh, the Maggie scale that, ha- it, <laughs> as she claws me when I'm talking about it, All how right. much. If gonna she starts purring, that. I mean, star one, she's going to be purring, isn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. Animals comes along. I mean, you she's know. not going to be in the room. She's going to go <laughs> off upstairs somewhere. Yeah. She's a good girl. Um. What were we talking about? Interrupted by the cat. Uh, how do how do they know that? Uh, oh yes, yeah, he's going yeah. to harvest so ta- of Kairos. Yeah, so they say that. Um, so this is the like again one of those really crappily written coincidence episodes where isn't it lucky that Jarvik used to be Tarrant's captain? Yep. They used to be a shuttle service taking doing the har- harvest of Kairos. Yep. You know. He just happens to be working below decks at the one point where Tarrant is in control of the Liberator. It's it's terribly written. And can you imagine a spaceship with Jarvik in command and Tarrant as number two? That's going to be the smuggest ship in the fleet, isn't it? <laughs> the, that you, they won't need shields. The smugness alone will will keep them safe. Good Lord. 
There's a horrible thought. There is a horrible thought. And also, you, you know, it's a coincidence as well. Just as he says, oh, yes, they're going to the harvest of Kairos on the flight deck of the Liberator. They are indeed talking about going to yeah. the thing. And Tarrant says here, I thought we had agreed on some piracy. That's his exact phrase. I thought we had agreed on some piracy. OK, now, Chris Boucher has said that after Blake leaves the Liberator, the crew would resort to being criminals. And that's all they are here. And you, being a similar man, no doubt, in thought and action, will know exactly where he's heading now. Oh, yes. Right now he's heading for the harvest of Kairos. Kairos? A bit of piracy, we agree. Yeah, piracy, not lunacy. You said it was a harvest. And so it is. Then put up Kairos. Kairos. The fourth planet of the star Zimenez in the constellation Lipterion. Right in the heart of Federation space. There isn't a Federation anymore. Tell that to Serverland. They don't take kindly to scrumping on Kairos. The planet has an orbital revolution of 15 Earth years. The fertile zone is small and noted for the suborganic growth of Kairopan, a highly prized crystal, which is gathered during the first week following the vernal equinox. This is known as the harvest of Kairos. Yeah, it's... I mean, this must have been a, a, a. It's interesting you said about uh, him saying that because this must have been a direction. Because, because I again I mentioned the last episode, but I've been not for pleasure. I hope to say, but for a project, I've been reading the Blake Seven annuals, and the third annual, a Tarrant is pushed as the main character, mm-hmm. but they weirdly call him by his full name throughout, <laughs> um, and B, they're they're constantly doing things to try and raise some dosh. So perhaps this was a, perhaps this was a, 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 you know, an arc that never really was shown very well, but was, was planned of season three would be, they become space pirates. But uh, but, would explain some of the acting. Yeah. But to what end? I mean, if, if they, if you have adventures where you're not trying to find a crystal because something's broken or Avon doesn't need revenge, and there isn't a search for Blake or anything like that, okay? Would every story just be them just robbing people? They they, they are then, you know, just thieves and pirates, you know? And would they do that for yeah. the rest of their lives? Uh, would at any point, would one of them want to leave to settle down? What what ultimately would be the goal? They, they're just going to go around the galaxy looting. Yeah. Well, Firefly... Um, I don't know. I don't, I've never really found out whether you've ever watched Firefly. No, I've only seen the um, movie. I only saw right. that, that, that. Yeah, the movie. I mean, it, it, it's it's a, a brilliant series, uh, but it's it. Joss Whedon is, you know, he said he he based a lot of it on Blake Seven, and when you're watching it, it's like a an Americanized, bigger budget, Blake Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they're the same thing. So they that that's a crew of of uh, misfits criminals various people and they do each week they do uh, some sort of mercenary job or bank robbery but the idea is that it costs a lot to buy fuel for their ship so they're doing it to keep the ship flying and it's almost like a a quite almost a sadness in that their entire lives are spent working hard enough that they have to keep on you know they're keeping on working so they, they they're only getting enough to to keep the ship flying to the next place to get more jobs gotcha. to keep the ship flying to the next one. So a little bit sad, and they're keeping away from the Federation in that. But in this, we already know that there's more money in a little yes. bag of cheap jewellery than in the entire 
Federation banking cartel before the war. Yes. So Avon, and they could buy out the Federation. Yeah. Why do they now. need piracy? Yeah. Why? Why? What have they done with this money? You can buy a Has, planet. They... Avon said you could buy a planet yeah. with that money. Well, buy a planet and live on it. You don't have to put yeah. yourself at risk for the rest of your life. You're fly away, fly into space that's not federal. I mean, they do mention in this, don't they? That oh, there is no federation anymore. Mm. And then Avon sort of, well, you might try telling them. Um, why not just fly outside of Federation interest? Why they're no longer wanting to overthrow the Federation? No. Blake's gone. Yeah. What? Yeah. What is their purpose in life? No, they have no purpose. They have no purpose. No. Until the fourth season, when they decide, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway, let, let, let's stick to this. Zen shows them Kairos because that's where they are, which looks like a felt tip planet. It looks like it's you know just been covered yeah. in by blue felt tip. <laughs> It does. And, uh, yeah, yeah, um, it's right in the heart of Federation space, says Villa. There isn't a Federation anymore. Okay. And then Villa says they don't take kindly to scrumping on Kairos, which I thought quite quaint. That's a, that, that's a word from my childhood, and I'm pretty sure children these days don't go scrumping, and they don't know I, the I, word I, I scrumping. Would they wouldn't know what it was, yeah. Yeah. Again, like like we said last time, that that things like this sort of date the show, don't they? Because... Yeah, I imagine you say to anyone that unless scrumping means something completely different, then <laughs> and then what Avon uh, Villa's on about. But yeah, the, it's a weird thing. I'd actually written again, written that down, sort of scrumping question mark, because it is a weird, a weird thing to say. It sets the time uh, of this show, yes. doesn't it? Scrumping. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I used to spend many a happier day going scrumping in the school holidays. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we should make bloody, myself I mean, sick on gooseberries. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to say we should we should have been killed with all the crap because you'd you'd just you'd go hedgerone as well, you, wouldn't you? Get blackberries and yeah, things like you, that. Yeah, you'd just binge on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and damsons and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, Kyropan is a highly prized crystal. It's the bloody crystals again. Bloody isn't it? crystals. <laughs> we should have had a crystal watch on this yeah. show. We really should should. It's only harvested for one week. After that, no one is ever seen who stays for more than that week and uh over you know villa's objections tarrant says they're not going to go there they're just going to hijack the the space transporter there we go again the space transporter, space transporter um yeah. instead and um after that we get a nice p I, I do like this bit on this uh, story we get the bit where avon gets an admission out of orac that the sopron is more rational than he is i do like that bit yeah. I think so. What do you say? Now, come along, Morak. First of all, you say that this is not alive, and then you say it is more rational than you are. Avon! Wait! I deny that Sopron is more rational. Reason is absolute, and rationality cannot be divided by comparatives. Morak, you are splitting hairs. Tarrant, listen to this. Avon, we're trying. Just a moment. I am about to extract a momentous admission. Orak, this rock, this Sopron, does it have a greater capacity for reasoning than you do? The difference is barely measurable. But it is greater. By a marginal degree, yes. There. Now, isn't that something? That's lovely. Again, Avon is saving this episode for us. Mm. All praise to Paul Darrow. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lovely bit of character work, that. And great acting and, from and, Peter Tuddenham, the way he very yes. reluctantly says the, yeah. the the difference is barely measurable. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just 
It's superb. Yeah, no, them two together are great. Yeah, there, there, there are... All right. Yeah, there, there are little... What, what did you say? Straws? Straws yeah. to cling on to. Right. Yeah. There, there, there's it, a straw. This yeah. is a straw for me. First straw yeah. to me. Yeah, okay. This is my yeah. first straw. All right. Yeah, I like this bit. And uh, we, we, we go back to Jarvis, and we get this bit of tosh on how Tarrant delights in doing things other people think he can't. Eh? Since yeah. when? Since when? We've never seen oh, this the, character again, trait. No, this this is this um, um, sort of implied attributes, isn't it? Which is a again absolutely lazy writing. Where you you if you have someone telling the audience that someone's a great fighter or a great mm. lover, you don't have to show it. Mm. And it yeah. it never works, and it it's it does not work here. Yeah, it's it, it annoys me as well because he says. What's the line he says that Jarek says? So, like, uh, as a man, Tarrant is worthy of honor, respect, or yeah, honor. Yeah. Um, but that's, again, the way he, he says that, it's implying that a woman wouldn't, mm. isn't it? It's all these little things, like, where earlier on, we, I mean, we didn't mention where, he's, where, actually, it might be later on, where Servalan says about serving under her, and he just goes, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, yeah, mm, dodgy dodgy it's incredibly is, is dodgy this the scene, yeah is this the scene as well where he mentions about um oh, it might be later on about where he mentions that there there weren't there weren't people on the ships no it's after the battle no 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 that's no no that's after yeah. that's yeah, after no yeah. here is when he's saying you know how he knows tarrant you know uh tarrant yeah. was lieutenant on the transporter when jarvik was the captain of it and uh Servaland scoffs at all this and she checks and she finds out it's true so she's like well why why are you on the construction thing then yeah why because i'm a human being but is that a reason? And so are you. But when was the last time you felt the warmth of the Earth's sun on your naked back? Or lifted your face to the heavens and laughed with the joy of being alive? How long since you wept with the death of a friend? Doesn't mean a thing to you, does it, Madam President? You've surrounded yourself with Machines and weapons, mindless men and heartless mutoids, and when they've done your work and the machines have done your thinking, what is there left in you that fear? And he says, oh, it's because I'm a human being. And then we get into this this rant from him about when did you last feel the sun on your face, laughed at being alive, you know, wept at the death of a friend, all, all this business. Um, I think she's more likely to laugh at the death of a friend. <laughs> yes, yeah. I do like the line, though, and I do wonder if, the, again, if, is this actually Ben Steed or not? But I do like the line about her surrounding herself with machines and mindless men and heartless mutoids. I quite like that line. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's... It, there, there are some... It's not, it's not a complete train wreck, this episode, because there are some sort of decent lines in it and there there are a couple of nice scenes and there are the story could work um it's just so the central character is just so derails the sort of the mm. the whole thing doesn't it it's it's not good and again this this weird weird idea that and it, this happened a lot in Trout and Who 
and John Putin, where this total and utter mistrust of computers, yeah. that computers must must always be secondary to a man's gut instinct. And it, the third doctor is saying that it's, this was sort of, this was seemed to be a, a bit another trope, another sort of way of thinking. I know computers at that point were very basic. Um, I'm not even sure we even had basic, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a weird, a weird thing that you're on a spaceship. Everything must, by definition, be being controlled. Your environmental controls are being controlled by computer. But there's always this thing that the, the computer's not good enough. It can't outthink a man. Mm. Which is, it's, it's, it's so dated. It's oh, really, this... it, was, it must have been dated then. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 it is. It's an anachronism, all this. This is like, yeah. oh, 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 it, it's, oh dear. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dastor comes in and says that Tarrant is coming here. And, you know, that's when we realise that actually they're in the... Yeah, um, they're actually the, there. The chiral yeah, system as well, yeah. And yeah. after he's gone, Servalan asks Jarvik if he can take the Liberator with three pursuit ships. And uh, to which he smugly goes, well, I can take it with one. Um, but as a man, Tarrant is worthy of honour. Three will not insult yeah. him. And it's like, oh, Gordon Bennett. <laughs> that yes. echoes of Gunsar. This is they, 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 yeah. this is giving but me Gunsar echoes of Gunsar. Played Gunsar. it properly. Gunsar was Gunsar playing it. it. He was a yeah. comedy character. He was a comedic character, wasn't he? You know. Yeah. And I he, think the actor but... took that the right way because, it, oh God forbid, if Gunsar had been played absolutely straight like Jarvik is playing here, we oh. wouldn't have been as effusive about Gunsar, would we? And we certainly no. wouldn't have had the embroidery scene, would we? No. It. I think this is. And this is where I think that Ben Steed isn't writing it as a as a pastiche because you've got two very similar characters on paper, but the way they were portrayed mm. is speaks all different. If if they'd have portrayed Javik like Gunsar in that, you know, people are nodding and winking at the camera, going, oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, a few sort of upward glances from uh, Avon. It, that's all you need, but it's not. This this episode is. We're meant to agree with him. We're meant to go. Oh, look at him. He knows that talent's a man, and he's gonna, you know, that he deserves honor. It. Yeah, we're we're meant to agree with him. Everything in the direction, the way it's acted, suggests that we're meant to be sat at home just in in thrall at this manly man. If that's the case, it's a total misfire because it's exactly the opposite, yeah. isn't it? Well, it is for us. I'd like to say, I can see... I, I, in fact, I, I, I sadly know people that would probably mm. watch this and deep down would be going, yeah, you tell them, or you tell them. Put them in their place. Yeah, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. Bloody woman in charge, yeah, bloody fatter. <laughs> uh, you still get it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah, sad, isn't it? It's, it's not... Yeah, but she gives him three of the Mark Ten pursuit ships, the newest, fastest in the fleet, and that he'll be acting major. But then, oh, Gordon Bennett, then she goes on about, first there's the case of the primitive and degrading act that I was subjected to. You, you know, I'd like for you to do it again. It's like, Servalan, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I can, I'll read you what Anne uh, said about that. Um, <laughs> Servalan, have you got no self-respect? Oh, this, this is not our Servalan. Yeah. No, this isn't Servalan. This is, uh, this, 
I mean, the whole again, it, it everything that comes through is is that Javik is a wish fulfillment character, mm. which doesn't doesn't bode well for Ben Steed, really. If this is is it's almost like I I picture him being the sort of in the office obviously with a, a, a lady boss that he doesn't really like. And this is his way of... It's like revenge, of, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's there's There's got to be more to this. It's so, And it's... Serverland, this isn't Serverland. This, who the hell is this on this bridge? Serverland would have shot him. Yeah. Out, outright, you know. absolutely. Yeah. Also, he says... I could take the Liberator with one ship. His plan, and I, I put quotation marks around the word plan here, his <laughs> plan for taking the Liberator, you, none of it would work. I mean, none of it should work anyway, but none of it would work with one ship. No. So what, he, if, even, even his boasting is bollocks, isn't it? It doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it is terrible, terrible. But we have a brief break from him, thankfully, because we go up onto the Liberator and Avon's got... I've never seen this before. He's got a nifty new like, research trolley that he's got the Sopron on. He has a little explosion on it. But that's a nice little trolley that they've uh, put together with little extract fans, it looks like, on the side and all sorts of stuff going on. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't remember seeing that before. He's been to Space Ikea, hasn't he? Yeah. He's got that. <laughs> And down on the planet, we've got this guy called Captain Shad, who is the uh, captain of, yeah. of the shuttle. And he goes back up into the shuttle. Do you know uh, the story of this ladder that is there? I don't. I, I, I thought it was quite a nice little set. I thought it was quite nice that they climbed up and then it was he climbed over into the front of it. And I thought, oh, well, that's actually quite a nice little... Nice little set for a throwaway scene. This is this is what I love about the BBC, and I've, I've I've been really bad. I've forgotten to make a note of his name, but the set designer for this episode for this uh, story, they had no money. They had they, they had the miniature of the Kairos transporter, but they had no money for the shuttle, yeah. and they had no money for any sort of special effects of doing a matte painting or a glass painting of it. So they had to show Shad getting into a ship that they couldn't build, okay? So all they okay. did on location here, you see Captain Shad, he goes up a ladder, doesn't he? And then you cut yeah. to in the studio, he simply climbs up the rest of the ladder, okay? And they all they did was they had those cylinders either side of it and two chairs at the other end. And that's it, yeah. because they had zero money. But I think that's brilliant um, yeah, ingenuity. Yeah, I, I applaud that. Yeah. And you know what? It worked, because I'm thinking now, yeah, we never see the, the ship. You never do. On the, on, no, on the planet. You see the so back of those chairs. I was happy with that. Yeah. yeah. You see the back of the chairs, and then you see a bit of the cockpit, but that's all you ever see yeah. of the transporter. Uh, so, sorry, the Kairos shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that worked. Yeah, but he radios across to Dasta, who, you know, because it's not Jarvik, he's an incompetent, um, and tells him that, uh, you know, the harvest has been very good, too good, and, uh, you know, Serverland butts in on Dasta because he's he's not Jarvik and says you know how much you know excess is there and he tells her and he says shall we dump it and she's like no you dump the remaining uh uh crew don't you yeah yeah which was I mean that's that's about the only time Serverland behaves as you would 
that's expect serverland to behave. Yeah, yeah that, that that's that's normal serverland. Yeah, that's yeah. proper serverland. Yeah. Um. So yeah, all, all, all these um all, all these workers uh, that's stuck behind a very flimsy fence on location where this arrogant guard yeah. tells them that they're going to die. Um. And Stuart Fell climbs up the fence and gets shot off. And uh, then he's not so arrogant when he gets left behind too. As I say, you don't see the ship. All you've got is a wind machine and a bit of a sound effect. Yeah, clever. I, I, again, my memory from watching this originally as a kid, I, this bit stuck with me. The fact that he tell he's saying, no, no, you can't come on board. And then they leave him behind. And I remember feeling so sorry for the guards. Really? I've always, I've always, yeah, I've always been on the, on the, the side of the, the guards because I thought he's doing his job. Well, I suppose. And then he's just yeah, left but so behind. are the workers, you know. And he he was like, yeah. "Well, you're going to die, then, aren't you?" You know. Oh no, I didn't like him yeah. at all. Yeah, they're they're working class. They do. Yeah. Up on the Liberator. Oh, oh we're, dear we're, God. we're back into Smug Tarrant, and he's telling them how yeah. long they've got to do the heist, all the while looking up at the ceiling. I hate his looking up at the ceiling yeah. thing. Sensors report shuttlecraft launch from planet surface. And the transporter's position? Unchanged. So, we have five minutes before they link, four while they transfer cargo, less than 12 before they break orbit. Bit of a know-all, aren't you? Interceptor activity. Forward sensors indicate standard defense formation flanking the transporter. Identification? No information. Hull structure similar to ex-Federation hunter-killer class pursuit ship. Modified fin suggests primitive time distort facility. The new Mark 10s. You know about them? Oh, yes. Yeah, we'd have to put that on your uh, looking up at the ceiling. I am. I am. I'm going to put that on there. But I do like the next bit when Villa says, bit of a know-it-all, aren't you? You know, he's saying exactly what we're all thinking. In in my notes for this scene, Villa is good. (laughs) Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And now Zen can't identify the escort ships. But he says the whole structure is similar to the hunter-killer pursuit ships with a modified fin that suggests primitive time distort facility. But haven't but all pursuit ship, ships no, got time yeah. distort? They haven't got primitive. Yeah, I, They're built I with thought, time distort. Yeah, it, it, it'd be like looking at a, a new model car and going, I can detect it's got an engine. That's unusual. No, it's not. <laughs> it's How, and also, Tarrant, Tarrant says, oh, the Mark 10s in a smug way. How does he know? Yeah, he says that they're new Mark 10s. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That was my next question. Yeah, yeah, they're new. How does he know about this? Do you think he subscribes to, like, the the space equivalent of Top Gear magazine or something? Oh. Well, he gets it delivered. A little shuttle comes along every so often and goes up to the Liberator and drops off his magazine. In his Liberator cabin, (laughs) he's, he's got teenage posters on the wall and it's, like, the latest ship and probably Serverland. No, no, I think it's photos of himself. You know, actually, yeah, just mirrors. Because we never do see his room, do we? Thankfully, yeah. we never I, do I, see Tarrant's I, room. I reckon he's got a mirrored ceiling. I reckon you're right. <laughs> yeah, and lots of perming products and things like that on the shelves. Yeah, 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 yeah. dressing table. Yeah, yeah. dressing table. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. He tells Dana Mark, to put Mark if you're listening. Yeah, Mark. Have <laughs> a dressing table in front of mirror. Oh, blimey. He tells Dana to put the force wall on overlap, something that's never been mentioned before, and we will never hear this again, and asks Callie to help her. He fails to notice that Callie's not there. You would think he would turn around and go, Callie, can you help her with that? But no. 
And uh, Jarvik, meanwhile, talks to Captain Shad and says he has a job for him, right? Now, he tells him that he's got a job for him in earshot of Servalan. Yeah. Servalan is yep. right next to him. Such old-fashioned concepts, Jarvik. Are they really necessary? With machines, no. With men, yes. So you won't want to hear the computer predictions? Madam, in ancient times, they read the future from the torn-out guts of small animals. Two millennia later, it was in the remnant leaves of a herb in a drinking cup. Ask me, and I'd say that civilization has learnt a lot to little positive advantage. Yes. Well, you'll hear them anyway. Our computer predicts convincing victory with the loss of one pursuit ship. I'd rather not lose any. In that case, sit down and shut up. So I, I picture him, go, Jarvik, going off to one side and doing the old... <laughs> and then Shad's eyes lighting up, going, Oh, Captain Jarvik, it's nice to serve with you again. Yeah, maybe Servaland doesn't notice because, after all, she is only a woman. You know? That, oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. she wouldn't understand that technical talk. No, no, because that was man she was talk. Yeah, she was probably balling some wool. <laughs> and didn't, doing her nails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, playing with the kitten. No, yeah. no, no, she's working on that machine and she gets this, what looks like a big, chunky, you know, floppy disk and, and it's got the predictions of the outcome. And do you want to know? And he's like, well, two millennia, you know, they, they, they told the future by looking at the entrails of small animals and a millennia later it was looking at the um, dried leaves of a herb in a drinking cup and then tells her to sit down and shut up. It's like gold yeah, and Bennett I, again. In reality, I would have loved to have seen Jarvik, his ship, crash into the third moon of Jaglan Beta because he's turned his sat-nav off because mm. he doesn't trust it. <laughs> he, he's an idiot. He's a total and utter idiot. Um, he then looks at the monitor and uh, notices that the Liberator's keel is exposed. And, uh, yeah, well... Yeah, yeah, exactly. The f it gets through because Callie hasn't helped Dana. Did you notice when that explosion goes off? It's the one we were talking about last week. Yes, and I noticed the bit. You noticed the bit off, pinged off. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's the same yeah. bit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, Callie's not there. Uh, Dana hasn't mentioned to Taron. I haven't been able to do it because Callie's not there. They only he only finds out when Dana says, "Well, Callie wasn't there after the explosion," and he you no know, says, "Oh." I don't believe it. And he goes off uh, to, I don't know if it's Callie's room or Avon's room, but he goes off to a room. Yeah, um, yeah to where Callie is probing the Sopron and she sees yeah. her parents. Avon, I can't. Concentrate. It's my mother. My father. I don't know. Callie, your mother and father are dead. It is an illusion. Tell yourself that this is a rock. But it's not. It's alive. Orax, the rock Sopron alive. No. But it's sitting there thinking. The electrical impulses are powered by a sophisticated technology and the programming does bear a similarity to the mental processes. But this is not thinking in the accepted sense. It is. It is, Avon. I don't like it. Callie. Is this the time or the place? That thing has warped your reason, Avon. It's even warped your notorious instinct for looking after number one. We are in danger. Can't you understand that? I understand that this ship is the most powerful in the galaxy and that you are the most astute space warfare commander. Well, so you tell us often enough. 
another really nicely acted scene. Yeah, this Santa is another Claus. straw. She's good. This yeah. is another straw. Yeah, this is a straw. This is definitely straw. Pretty much anything with Avon in, we 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 can we can get a, almost get a little bundle of hay out of this because any any scene with Avon in, he he's watchable. And we've said this before, haven't we? That even in Duffy's episode, you can usually rely on yeah. Villa and Avon. Yeah, and my favourite. Really, yeah. yeah. My favourite Avon moments in all of this story is when Avon is putting down Tarrant, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you tell him. Yeah, so we learn... And he's right. He is. Again, we're meant, we're meant to side with Tarrant here. But the we're not. The way it's filmed, we're meant to go, bloody Avon, putting them all in danger. No, he's absolutely right. If Tarrant was such a good commander, why would he not notice that one of his bridge crew is gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Villa was speaking for us just a minute ago, saying a bit of a know-it-all, yeah. aren't you? And we've got a couple of Avons coming up. But but just before Tarrant comes in, we learn that Callie's parents are dead. And again, Orak is scanning Sopron and says it isn't thinking in the accepted sense. Again, he's describing himself. Orak, yeah. Orak is thinking, but not in the accepted sense. And... At that point, she says, I don't like it. And Avon holds Callie. And it's at that point that Tarrant comes in. It's misinterpreted by Tarrant. And at this moment, um, this is my favourite straw out of this, is um, where Avon says, you know, because, you know, Tarrant says, I don't understand. That thing's warped your reason. And he says, and I've written it down because I think it's great. I understand that this ship... This is the most powerful ship in the galaxy, and you are the most astute space warfare commander. Okay. Now, yeah. now Taran, of course, isn't going to argue with that and goes off. And then Avon finishes with the classic, and so you tell us often enough, which I think is brilliant. Again, he's speaking for us, that isn't is, he? Yeah, that is such a good line. I don't believe that was in the original script. I think that's script. Chris Belcher. I think that should have ended. Yeah, I think that... The, the original script was that a- Avon believes this as well, and it should have been said because again, it's building talent, building talent. But yeah, you get that lovely little put down at the end, which yeah. is that's pure Avon. Yeah, that's yeah. the Avon we know and love. I think that's Chris Boucher's Avon, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, it, that's that's another straw. Wouldn't it have been good though that if if uh, Avon had got talent to look into the the, the rock? Oh, he wouldn't be able to handle it because it would be a better version than himself. I think his mind would have shut down. That that rock is beautiful. It's so good looking. He would have started making love to it or something, wouldn't he? (laughs) Actually, I think think he would have gone, hang on, it's me. Yeah. Because there's nothing better. Nothing more magnificent than Tarrant. Yeah. 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 Did you notice here that when Avon says, you are the most astute space warfare commander, that's being dubbed... He doesn't say the word astute. The word astute has ah. been dubbed over it. He says something else. Yeah, I I thought it was just a glitch on my uh, DVD. Your, 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 your Dutch but DVD again. A Dutch yeah. one, yeah. No, um, it's not. So it's I, Dutch. Yeah, but, oh, right, that's interesting. Because I did notice that, and I thought, oh, no, it's, a, it's obviously just my dvd playing up i wonder what he said i don't know i stupid i turned the sound down and i kept rewinding it and watching it and yeah. try and forget the word because sometimes you you can re- lip read can't you you can actually yes. yeah but i don't know what that word is it might have been astute but he said it wrong or yeah, it he, he put the wrong emphasis astute or something like that you know yeah. i don't know but yeah it's definitely being dubbed on afterwards you should have looked at the because sometimes the um the the subtitles will be taken no, off of like no subtitles yeah subtitles say astute as well I checked that no no 
But anyway, Dana and Villa have got a pursuit ship and they seem quite genuinely happy with each other, aren't they? You know, they give each other a hug and there's much uh, much merriment. But it's a shame yeah. Tarrant comes in and spoils it with, yes, but I was saving that for later. It would have been nice of him to say, yeah. well done or something like that. He He's that classic boss that doesn't get people skills, isn't it? He's, he's he is. He's useless. David Brent. He's, he's, he is, like, yeah. he's yeah. like the David Brent of Blake Seven. I'd never spotted that before. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Except David Brent, you, you sort of feel sorry for? You do. <laughs> you don't. We don't, yeah. Um, the next thing is really odd. They roll the Liberator. Ah, uh, do you know what? I wrote that down. I wrote that down. Because it's such a weird thing. It's like he says, um, he's rolling her. Why? Why Why are you what? rolling it? What, what purpose is that? It's the same facet on every... Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, it's not... Ah. Uh... And then it also reminded me of Phantom Menace, where bloody Anakin oh, says yeah. about rolling. That's a good trick. It's no, like, oh, yeah, no. yeah. You technically, remind, you you reminded me of a, a slightly worse film. <laughs> oh, Gordon Bennett. But also, technically, I was thinking, how did they do that? Because you know, the the, the model Liberator was on a pole. It was on a stand. Mm. But here, yeah. it's being rotated. It's, it was either on a stand or it was on wires. Presumably, there's some sort of attachment on the end, and and they are revolving it. Because at this point, you can't you can't spin the cameras. No, (laughs) the cameras are too big. You can't spin. Yeah, it was a nice shot, and I thought, is that been used elsewhere? Is that from a different episode? No, I don't think so. I think this is the only time. It's strange, strangely shot as well. It's 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 not it's not the same. Uh, filming technique as before I guess because it yeah. is, is is rolling maybe it's sped up or something maybe they rolled it very slowly and they sped it up a bit Could I be. don't know perhaps it perhaps it's one of the the, the smaller liberators it might, it might be ones. yeah maybe that's why it yeah. looks a bit odd yeah but yeah they get another by doing that and can I just say a Tarrant smacking of his lips that's going on my new tally, and that's going to be number one. That 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 that's worse than any looking at, up at the ceiling. I'll take looking over the ceiling over his smacking of his lips, and he doesn't even do it properly either. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, he's. Yeah, you just. I want to smack his lips. I don't want him to smack his lips. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Servalan thinks it's over, and the last ship is destroyed. And yeah, she's not happy. There's nothing to stop them now. The cream of my fleet, gone, destroyed. And all you can do is smile as though you'd achieved something. I have. What? I made it look convincing. Oh, it was convincing, all right. It convinced me. Three Mark Tens and 15 years' supply of Cairo pads. You wanted the Liberator? If you're patient, you shall have her. And what will you take her with? A Chiropan shuttle, a transporter, perhaps. Or will you use your bare hands? What are you doing? Lie there and keep quiet. Like tell you otherwise. That's more like the old Servalan. And Jarvik's response picks her up, throws her on the sofa, and tells her to shut up. I mean, yeah, oh, he should be dead. Oh. Why is he still alive? The guards are standing there and letting him do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Servalan instructed him. Whatever he does, just let him be. He's a man, not like you, <laughs> lily-livered people. Oh. It's oh, just awful, isn't it? It's it is awful. awful, awful. But meanwhile... But also, it, yeah. I was no, going to say, his plan is so complicated as well. It is, it is. Isn't it? I, I, isn't I, a clever plan. We're nearly there as well. Um, yeah. Because Villa, he's deciding what to do with his share of the money. And we get a yeah. bit of a Villa insight, don't we, about how he's going to settle down with kids. 
don't we? Yeah. You know? And th- that's a crap line. I'm reckoning that's Ben Steed. Feels like we're stealing a purse from a sleeping man. What a terrible saying. Yeah. That's a terrible... That's a crap phrase. It really is bad. Well, again, it, it's it got underlying meanings, doesn't it? Because in Ben Steed's mind, I'm presuming the only man that would have a purse is an effeminate man. Mm, it could be. Again, oh, not... You know, we don't want to go too far down the 70s. Uh, <sighs> oh, no, this... Uh, yeah. This it's... is all dreadful. It's dreadful. Um, but the, I do like the transporter model. Uh, it, it's very nice. Uh, I, I like the strange curvy shape of it and, and how it's mm. like a, a yeah, tanny brown colour. And it looks to be quite big, as that's the three-foot Liberator model that comes on alongside it. No one seems to know who made it, um, can I no. say. No, it, it, it's, it's big, isn't it? Because yeah. when we think of the London... Yeah. And it, it does make you wonder what else is on that transporter. Yeah, yeah. Because no. certainly the well the the cargo we see is not big enough. An Esther Liberator is very small, and the London is like a a shed. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know because yeah, we don't see much of the transporter itself. It's it's just this like yeah. hold area. That's when Tarrant tellers teleports in in that macho pose. Um, you know why does he? <laughs> He's such a twerp. Yeah, he teleports in in this macho pose and he lets the others in. And those boxes with the chiropan in. I mean, if you have never Uh seen that episode, to have eye holes at eye height, it just screams there's somebody in there as soon as you see them. Well, well, Anne's never seen this episode before and she said, there's guards in there, aren't there? (laughs) Oh, a five-year-old would be able to spot that. Oh, dear. They wheel them through the airlock. Um, while Jarvik and Servalan watch on video, and uh, these these guards arrest them. We haven't really mentioned about Captain Shad and his guard outfits, but these are those awful outfits that um, lights and yeah. all that were wearing as well, aren't they? I think this is their first yeah, these, uh, appearance. These are sort of um, late Tom Baker, Doctor Who style, mm. Pirate Planet, that sort of era outfit. It's the NAF science fiction outfits, yeah. isn't it? It's the NAFness, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, they arrest them, but Avon comes in, yells down, and manages. Did you notice he managed to manages to shoot the three guards with only two shots? That's because he's so bloody good. It's fanning um, that gun. Well, That's he what does it is. sweep. Yeah, he's fanning. He's fanning the the sonic waves out. Um, but as much as I mean, we 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 do poke fun at, at lovely Avon with his macho-ness, but it works in a way that Tarrant's macho-ness doesn't. Mm. Paul Darrow sort of pulls it. You, you, you know, we laugh at it because he does it so often, the fan in the gun and the poses and that. But yeah, I'd rather have that than Terence. Yeah, that's because there's so, more to Avon than yeah. that. If all yeah. you've got is yeah, that, then character. you've got a twerp, haven't you? Yes. This, this, I, I presume we're going to be talking about Javik's laughably so called plan. So this, this annoys me as well because it's almost as if we're expected to believe that this was planned as well, that Jarvik expected these people to be gunned down and this little bit wouldn't work, Mm. which belies the fact later when he's on about... I'm not going to sacrifice men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he just did here, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah, he did. (laughs) Oh, dear. He sacrificed his supposed friend. If that was true, then they would have been mutoids here. They wouldn't have been these guards that yeah. are shut shot down they would be mutoids yeah yeah and also he he says about oh i wouldn't waste men i they were mutoids 
So Mirai's are not men? No, that's... They used to be, didn't they? That was or, my note. It's lucky, it luckily that they're... Yeah, yeah, did he stipulate, I want yeah. female mutoids and no male yeah. mutoids? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're... Yeah, could, did he mean... You're right. Did he mean men as in they were women, not men as in mankind? Yeah. They were human. Yeah. Mm. It's, oh, it's so... Ugh. It That's a good way of describing it. Serverland says that she believes in Jarvik and gives up. Um, the boxes are in the hold of the Liberator, and that's when we get the eyes at the eye holes. No one went, oh, oh, look at that. There's people in there. Uh, the what would they have done if if Villa had still been stood there? Yeah, exactly. What would they missed, have done if they it? had locked the door to the hold? Yeah. And then went off, you know? And this oh. is meant, we're meant to go, wow, this plan is so clever. Good job a computer didn't <laughs> do it. No. Well, the Liberator flies away and Serverland says she's not going to have Jarvik executed. And it's at that point that Captain Shad teleports over and says that, that, that the Liberator is hers. <laughs> Captain Shad. As per your instructions, sir, the Liberator has been taken and now stands off the command headquarters. You're invited to inspect, sir. Thank you, Shad. But as another primitive warrior once said, next to a battle lost, there's nothing half so melancholy as a battle won. I never like gloating over a defeated enemy. Yeah, which I, that's, that again, that's a tiny little straw. I quite like the guy playing Shad. I think he's all right. He's um, known. And I quite... His nose was a yeah. distraction. He's got a nose just like the child catcher in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, right. I didn't notice. Oh. I'm not. Yeah, I, I was never a great fan of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, so I haven't got no, the, okay. um, the, the, the psychological scars that a lot of people have got from watching that. Um, but yeah, I quite like this scene where he just he uh, teleports in and then it's very matter of fact. I like that. that and that, he's very that, polite as well, know, isn't I'll, he? I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. He's a professional. Yeah, I like Captain Shade. He doesn't... Shade. Uh, yeah, he doesn't go over and snog Servalan against her permission, does he? No, no. And um, Servalan says to Jarvik about, you know, you going over, and he says he, he doesn't like to gloat. So uh, yeah. Shad... I and... think there's nothing he likes better than gloating, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, what's I think he talking he's, about? He's telling Porky, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Shad and Servalan teleport over, and this is a momentous occasion. Servalan is actually on the Liberator. Yeah, and so I like the way that Jacqueline Pierce plays it. She goes into that, uh, like I'm a hostess at a, a particularly naff party, serverland behaviour. Oh, when she, she's, she's she, like, oh, yeah. she's the cat that's got the cream now. I mean, she, yes, yeah, she, she, she saunters. Yeah, she saunters across to Callie. Ah, oh, Callie, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and then and then swaggers up and onto the flight deck, and she couldn't be more pleased with herself. You know, um, and I'm sure Jacqueline Pierce, Pierce liked the idea of coming down those steps because, as I say, they liked yeah. the grand entrance of those steps coming down there. And she goes to the controls and says, you must be Zen. And you must be Zen. Affirmative. So tell me, Zen, how does one operate this craft? One manipulates the controls and the craft functions accordingly. Yes, and I've heard of your impudence. Now perhaps you will tell me how to manipulate the controls. Manual operation is not possible without full pilot training. Automatic navigation and control computers will respond to certain voice patterns. But not yours, sir. Not mine yet, Tarrant, but very shortly. God, that woman there, 
Yes, that one. Take her away somewhere and kill her. He can try. Or he can kill me here. Nobody takes me anywhere. Very well. Guard, kill her where she stands. No, wait. We'll talk about this. There's nothing to talk about, Tarrant. I shall kill your crew one by one until you instruct them to recognize my voice pattern. And after that, you'll kill the rest of us? Perhaps, perhaps not. I may consider a plea for mercy when the time comes. So there's nothing to gain? Not a great deal, I must confess. Unless, of course, you want to accept my word. I'd rather accept the business end of a poisonous snake. As I thought. Oh, well, I shall just have to watch you break. Carry on, guard. All right, sir, then. If he won't, I will. No, Avon. How wise, Avon. You might have been next. Though with your qualities, I'd probably have saved you. Let's get on with it, shall we? Introduce yourself to Zen. I am Servalan, President and Supreme Commander of the Terran Federation. Record her voice pattern, Zen. From now on, you will respond to her commands. On this one condition... No condition. Sorry, too late. That instruction has to be completed by me. Unless, of course, you care to dismantle Zen and reorganize the program. I should warn you, I'm the only person in the galaxy who can put it back together again. Please complete the instruction. Wait, I'll make the condition. It won't cut much ice with Zen. You seem to be neglecting the fact that I have the power of life and death over your friends. Then exercise it if you must, but kill me and you will never control the Liberator. Your skin always did come first, didn't it? Would you reproach me for that? Please state the condition. Zen, you will obey Sir Valand's instructions, provided that her first commands are that you proceed to a planet with suitable Earth-like conditions and that the present crew is safely teleported to its surface. Condition acknowledged. Thank you, Avon. Zen, you will proceed to a planet with suitable Earth-like conditions. Which planet? Oh, the nearest, I think. The nearest planet of that description is Kairos. Yes, sir. I know. Now, yeah, it's re- I like these scenes. These are these are good. How did she know of Zen? Well, I mean, because we've had people on the Liberator before, haven't we? Yeah, but they've we've usually had, died. Um, if they've been bad guys, yeah, they've been died. Die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his Although impudence. Has, she yeah, says she's heard has, of his uh, impudence. But but has Avon been sending secret reports? You don't know. Oh, could you be. Know? Could be. Yeah, is he yeah. trying to sell? You know, do you want, perhaps he put a, an advert in the uh, space exchange and Mark. You know, use <laughs> use Starship has has a mouthy computer. An impudent computer. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the impudent computer, he's not cooperating and says she'll need voice recognition. And at that point, Tarrant swaggers in, um, you know, obviously enjoying walking down the steps as well, and says that she's not getting it, to which he says, sorry, to which she says, um, Captain Shad, that woman there, that one, um, kill her. And, um, you know, that's when, you know... um, um, she also says that she'll kill Tarrant's crew one by yeah. one until Tarrant's he breaks. Tarrant's crew. crew, yes. How how that feels like ashes in your mouth when you're oh, saying yeah, it. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? It's bad. 
Avon steps in though. I, I was watching Paul yep. Darrow all through this, you know, all in this scene, and he's standing at the back with uh, Villa and Callie, and he's just like, you know, just looking down at the floor and uh, not showing any emotion. But uh, yeah, he steps in and he says, "Well, if he won't, I will." And yeah, uh, this is this is again, this is another straw. This is beautifully played by Paul Darrow and Jacqueline Pierce. This is and Jacqueline Pierce. Yeah, she's she's good in this. Uh, you can almost see this is the point where Avon's now judged Tarrant and he, he's a, an idiot and he's going to get them all killed. And it's like he's like a parent stepping in, mm. you know, or, or the regional manager stepping in to get rid to overturn the manager of a store. Or something. Yeah, I, this is again. I'm sort of thinking, is this Chris Butcher? Is this, you know, I don't, I don't know. think this is Ben Steed, is it? But Paul Darrow, Ben Steed would have had, yeah, yeah. would have had talent saying to Serverland, "You can't control this ship. You're a woman." I think, I think it is intervention because Avon's done this before. You know, when we did the volcano episode, when Mori was up on the Liberator, and he was saying our most uh, important asset is Zen, and then he, you know, quite cleverly instructs Zen to do something without Mori realizing it, and he does it here. He, yeah. he he says to record her voice pattern on one condition before Jacqueline Pierce can stop him, you know, and um, and yeah, that very cleverly done, well acted by Paul Darrow and and by Jacqueline Pierce. She goes, no, no yeah. conditions. She whips around, no, no conditions, and he's like, too late, you know, this instruction has to be finished by me, doesn't he? And uh, yeah. The first yeah, instruction, yeah, the first instruction must be to put the crew down on a suitable planet. Big mistake. <laughs> he yeah. knows what Servalan is like. I mean, he, he, I mean, she's obviously thinking on her feet because you know Zen says, please, please give the condition, do the instruction. Uh, which planet? And she goes, oh, the nearest one. And uh, yeah. I like Avon's face at that. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, it's like, he oh, hasn't thought that through. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, it is a proper dull moment, isn't it? But no, I, th- I think Paul Darrow and Jacqueline yeah. Pierce are brilliant in this bit. Yeah. So they get teleported down amongst much chattering noises. And uh, Tarrant says to split into two teams. But Avon says, well, forget that. You know, yeah. I'll, fi- I'll find you're my own, own salvation. Yeah, you're yeah. on your own. Yeah. Um. And up on Space Command, Jarvik is he's got his hands on hips again. And how low is that zip? I'll, I'll put it on Facebook. Oh. I mean, it's beyond naval, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, it's why up to I mean, it, it's sort of you you could you could get past how low it was up till now. But yeah, this is I mean, are they, what are they implying that that Serverland wanted a bit of uh, you know rumpy pumpy on the old flight deck or? I don't know. This might Bizarre. be post-coital, though. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what a horrible thought. Yeah. <laughs> but she says to him, if he would happen to be working on the porthole and happen to look out one of the deadlights, what 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 are deadlights? Doesn't she mean portholes or something? Um. Well, what, what, I mean, deadlights? deadlights are in in it from Stephen King, aren't they? But yeah i've no idea what she means and that's because there's quite a few naval terms thrown in here so pr- i mean it might be a naval oh i have to look it up right is uh, actually is ben steed an ex-sailor oh that explain might explain a, a bit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but we see what he'll see if he does look at the deadlights here's a photo of the liberator isn't it um, yeah it's just a yeah. stock f- photo of the liberator 
Hmm. In fact, I think it might be the photo of the Liberator that I put on Facebook yesterday that was on the cover of Starburst yeah. magazine. Actually, I'm thinking that is exactly that photo. Hmm. It's because um, when Star Trek wanted to do this, the original series, they would just go and buy a, a, a Star Trek model kit hmm. and make that up and hang it out the window. We couldn't do that because no. Airfix didn't bother. Well, you could have done it with the Corgi one, but no. That's true, yeah. That would have been amazing. It would be on par with the quality of this episode, wouldn't it? Yeah, true. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But he's given command of it, but he doesn't want it. And um, down on Kairos, Villa gets a lump of Kyropan in his boot. I don't know how he got that in there, a whacking great big bit of crystal like yeah. that, but he did. And uh, he gives it to Dano, who puts it in a pouch. And uh, Tarrant and Callie, they find the dead workers covered in that stuff, which obviously was left over from the web, wasn't it? It's the same, yeah. exactly the same stuff. Um, and Avon calls and says to get to him, which shows that, you know, uh, you can call bracelet to bracelet. You don't have to go yes, straight to the Liberator. Be, so, yeah. Yeah, it does happen a few uh, a few times yeah. since we said it did happen. Yeah, no, I we said were, it didn't. We were definitively so wrong. Yeah, yeah, completely wrong. Yeah. Um, and up on Space Command, you know, Servalan and Jarvik are relaxing. It was still a costly exercise, Jarvik. Those killer hunters are irreplaceable. The Liberators were their hundred pursuit ships. Not to mention the pilots. Good pilots, not easy to train. You lost three. They were mutoids. Mutoids. I wasn't prepared to see men die on my account. I have this primitive respect for life. But surely if they're trained fighters in a war... They weren't. They were bait in a trap. That wasn't a battle, it was a bluff, just to give Tarrant confidence. Anything less, he'd have been suspicious. He might even have checked the crates. Clever, but it doesn't prove a thing. Like what? Oh, that you're a better man than Tarrant. <laughs> Why should I want to prove that? Because I want you to. It's one thing to sit in a control room, a million spatials away from the action. But if you're to be man enough for me, to be co-ruler with Servalan, you must meet Tarrant face to face, man to man. A tournament? Yes, if you like. A primitive tournament. And you will be my champion. If it amuses you, what must I do? You must go to Kairos and get the teleport bracelets from Tarrant and his crew. You don't think they have enough problems as it is? Oh, I'm sure they have. You may take a small party with you to make the numbers equal. <laughs> if it's a champion you want, you'll have a worthy one. I'll put down on Kairos. Alone. Um, with Star Wars blue milk, yeah, which is bad enough, and curly straws, novelty curly yeah, nothing, straws. Nothing says um, totalitarian federation like curly straws, does it? Again, can you imagine this scene in like season one? You know, uh, oh, yeah, it wouldn't, dear, oh, wouldn't happen. Oh, yeah. it's awful. I, know, I think we are post-coital here. Um, Servalan's, did you notice Servalan's taken her earrings off and her earlobes are really red? I think I think those I earrings think... were very hev uh, heavy or something. Yeah. Well, I imagine they would be. I imagine they would be. Can you imagine, um, you're saying about season one, can you imagine if they'd have written Travis and Servalan's relationship like this? We were saying that uh, uh, a little while back that it's so refreshing that there's no hint of 
any emotional yeah. involvement or physical uh, attraction. They're, they're, they're two people doing a job. And this is the total opposite. It is. It? This is. This is awful. You made me think as well. Can you imagine if we were in season one, what Travis Mark one would have made of Jarvik? He wouldn't have lasted he two would, seconds, yeah. would he? <laughs> he? He would have been the one in Project Avalon. He would have been the one that he puts in there. He and, would. And he would. The, the, yeah, gives him the disease. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. So, we, yeah, you were saying earlier, we find out that the pursuit ships that were sacrificed, they were p- piloted by mutoids, yeah. as Jarvik wasn't prepared to have men die on his account. And Servalan says she wants Jarvik to prove he's man enough for her by fighting Tarrant to show that he's better than him. So he's to go down to the planet and get the bracelets. Now, why? Servalan has won. She has got the Liberator. She's got Aurak. Okay, she hasn't got the key. But she's won. She's got the Liberator. Just fly away. Yeah, it. this, this could have worked. If they'd have portrayed it that Servalan is the Servalan we know and love and she's been playing Jarvik all this time and she's using this the ultimate he can't say no to this and she's using it to get rid of him you this could sort of and it could be quite clever that yeah I've I've outmaneuvered you by using the very manly concept yes I've turned your manliness against you yeah which if that was the case you could go okay Ben Steed yeah I I, I quite agree. You probably you're doing this as a way of saying, look how stupid this guy is now. Yeah. How he's become, but it's not. And she's portrayed as she's quite happy to share power with him. She's almost she's smitten, isn't she? She's a, she's been won over by his manly chest, and oh. it just doesn't work. You're right. Why send him down? Why no. do they need those bracelets? Were they the she last doesn't, eight? Yeah, they just never go back to Kairos. Anyway, they're going to be yeah. dead soon anyway. Just go away yeah, for a month go, and come back and go yeah, down and get it off the skeletons. The... Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, poor, poor, poor. Avon is at the door to an old hangar and quite appropriately asks the other, others, what the hell is that? Yeah, I actually said to the TV, it's an Airfix Lunar Lander. It is an <laughs> Airfix Lunar yeah. Lander. Yeah, they've they've sprayed the bottom half gold, the top half silver. They've separated the two halves by some sort of like rods or pen tops or something like yeah, that. And just, they've stuck a dome a, on a, the top. Yeah, in a pathetic attempt to say, no, 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 it's not actually a, a Lunar Lander. And And as if that isn't bad enough, it's stuck in front of a photo of an empty... <laughs> Uh, hangar, isn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. The budget's gone, isn't it? Oh, the, dear. The budget's been blown. I'd, I'd just like to say, you know, if you want to hear uh, myself and somebody else's uh, uh, perspective on what we're just about to talk about, we have covered this scene on Effectively Speaking, on episode 53 of Effectively Speaking. I'll put a link up on the Facebook page, and you can hear um, what we have to say about the special effects of this. But uh, it's going to be interesting talking to you about it now. I've already done it with uh, Mark McGee, so let's uh, let's talk again, okay? So, right, we've established that there is this proto-space-age module, goes Tarrant, okay? Yeah. Uh, now, how old is this thing meant to be? Because, you know, that is an old spaceship for us. Only, what, 40 years after, well, 45, 50 years since that was outdated. How long ago was this thing meant to have gone off into space? Was this attached well, to all... a Wanderer-class spaceship or what? 
well they they do make mention they say it was meant to go up it was meant, only ever meant to go up to be to to the go command, into orbit which, which is correct but if you know anything about the the nasa space program and the the lunar lander none of this makes the slightest bit of sense no. it was never meant to be used in gravity it didn't no. have in earth type gravity or kairosian gravity um so it, it wouldn't work it was never made to take the the uh pressure of a, an oxygen environment nope. wouldn't work it separates mm-hmm. the top bit is the bit that has the 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 small engine for taking that bit up it yeah it's it's i i mean i go so far to say it's pathetic it's it's they they could have done anything just go and buy a you know a a a, a yoga pot, style rocket kit. Just yeah, detail a up pot a yoga with, pot. Yeah. Anything, they you must, know. They must have had something left over from Doctor Who kicking about. This is 1980. You know, most, most people watching this would go, "That's a lunar module." You know, that's the thing yep. that goes as far as the moon, right? You know, and most people know that it was incredibly cramped for the three guys yep. in it. They didn't have an interior at all like this one. You know? yep. Oh no, it, it, it's it's just cheapness, isn't it? They, it, 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 it was either you know, cost effective or it cut down on, um, on time, you know, the, yeah, the, it, the, it, the, the model department would have had tons of the old airfix lunar module kits around. Yeah. I know they used it on the Wanderer class spaceship. I'll put photos up. You can see bits of the but, lunar module all over that ship. Yeah. But if you're going to use something that's recognizable, don't, just don't, is no. the, the thing. They, Get a yoga I pot. Suppose it, yeah. It's, I suppose to the average viewer, it's probably, immaterial but it's even in 1980 people knew this was designed for one purpose and one purpose alone it wasn't i mean if if it would be a space shuttle you could have gone okay you know it was new technology well buck rogers isn't it we're back to buck rogers again he used the space shuttle didn't he yeah yeah uh and I, i i that's okay but this is this is just such nonsense and it's it's done with such obvious budget limitations that's what you know that's, that's what why it they've is. done it. that's what it is yeah i tell you if they ever do do uh, a blu-ray release of blake seven and they do a doctor who where they tweak special effects this is something that you yes. could remove and put something yeah. in a bit more unique yeah it would have made it so much better yeah, yeah. it's almost i mean for a, for a terrible episode anyway this is almost the point where you you almost feel like just giving up mm. Yeah. You've, you've rode through the rest of it and you get to this point and you go, oh, really? I had totally oh. forgotten that they used the lunar module, yeah. you know, when I was listening to the audio of this. I'd totally forgotten really? it. Yeah, I just knew it as a proto-space-age module. <laughs> but Jarvik teleports down in a Blake costume. And uh, yeah. meanwhile, in the landing module, Tarrant, for no reason whatsoever, starts to explain what it is, even though no one's asked him to. He just starts describing what they're sat in with, with grand hand gestures as he does so. He's such a twerp. It's not a spacecraft as such. It wasn't designed to go any further than the parent ship, or the command module, as they called it. Now, that might have been of some use. What do you think happened to it? It's a command module. Probably got tired of waiting. You mean when the crew of this one... Failed to make contact. Right. But you could get this into orbit. Well, there wouldn't be any point in any way. Yes or no? Well, presumably, nothing seems well, to have been done. That's all right, then. Yeah. And how does he know? 
Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> it, it would be like, in fact, it'd be like having a jet fighter pilot now and having him explain a Tiger how the Wright brothers or or, worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah how, how did the Unless he had a, an interest in spaceflight history, it could be. It could yeah. be. Yeah. Or, we once again, he is his subscription to uh, Space Top Gear. Oh, it, oh it's Space Top one Gear. One month. There you go. Yeah, in his, in his, in his bedroom on the Liberator, there is a, a, a January poster from that issue <laughs> of the uh, Lunar Lander. Yeah, you've got it. You've got it, Ian. Yeah. yeah. Um, Azon, uh, Avon asks if he can get the ship into orbit. Okay. And um, he's like, well, maybe. And Jarvik sees the spider for the first time, as do we. Okay. Yes. But we only see a bit of it, and that's not too bad, this first shot. It goes to night time, and all are asleep except for Avon, who's working on the controls. Um, and next morning, he seems to have wandered off somewhere, and he's come back, and uh, he's, he says... That's what... a weird edit, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah, a yeah, weird edit, yeah, no, them no. being asleep, and suddenly, oh, what? It's next morning, have you seen Avon? And they're, yeah. and they're picking up... Outside, they're picking at one of the webs for some reason. It's it, it's yeah. all a bit odd, but no, he tells them what they, they found. He found overnight. Oh, you're back. We were worried about you. No need. I've been looking all over for you. Well, now you found me. Didn't you hear me calling? I imagine the whole planet heard you. So where were you? While you were asleep, I picked up a faint echo on this. It's very basic equipment little more than primitive radar. And what did this echo tell you? We have company. Up there. A large, unidentifiable spacecraft. The command module? Possibly. That's something I needed to think about, but it's not easy to think with Villa snoring. I don't snore. But you can't tell if it's the command module. Not without looking, so I suggest you start thinking about this antique heap of nuts and bolts and how you're going to get it into orbit. But the ship up there might be hostile. Quite. That's something else I needed to think about. And? We have... No armament, nothing to bargain with, except... I don't believe it. All the trouble, all the danger, and you're still wasting time with that. This happens to be the most sophisticated life form that it has ever been my good fortune to come across. Present company not accepted. Life? But it looks like... A rock, yes. Well, when you live on the permanent dark side of a planet, nobody cares too much what you look like. But you said it wasn't a lie. Aurak said that. And Aurak was wrong? Aurak is a computer like Zen. They react to information. That is all. It's a large spacecraft up there, uh, but they don't know if it's the command module or not. And if they do lift off, they've got no weapons, um, except the Sopron, which Avon says is the most sophisticated life form that he's ever come across. Present company not accepted. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, sure. and uh, nice uh, Avon line. Yeah, if if we took Jarvis out of this, and I wish we could take Jarvis out, Jar- Jar- Jarvik out of this, the worst moment in this story is the next bit where Dana calls out. This warrior <laughs> woman Dana calls out. They go yeah. running outside, and she's stood in the middle of a field, stuck in a tiny bit of the web that we've yeah, just seen them pulling t- I mean, apart. It's... Yeah, it's like something you'd buy from Poundland for Halloween, isn't it? And, it, and they've just it's emptied like it silly on the floor. Street. Yeah, she apparently yeah. she's trapped in that. Why she can't just take her boot off, I don't know. And and she's in the middle of the field, and you've got the spider very slowly lumbering towards her. You know, 
and yeah. now we can see it in its entirety. It's wobbling from side to side. That big airbag bum thing that it's got at the back is wobbling away. And oh my God. And again, this is gobsmacking when I saw this again for the first time on video. Good grief. Yeah, it's it's a, another one of those BBC ones where when it's when you see a photo of it mm. still and it's OK, you, it's OK. It's quite nicely designed. The front end's OK. The back end is weird. I don't know what's going on there. But then as soon as you see it move, it's a bit like the um, the Triffids from the 1981 mm. um absolutely excellent adaptation that the yeah, BBC yeah, yeah. did today of the Triffids in that they're brilliant stood still and we're, but as soon as they start moving it's like oh it's a, it's a man on his knees <laughs> and this is the same it's it it it's horrible the movement on it and the fact that they do it in daylight well that would have been so much better that night wouldn't hmm. it you know yes. they, they've Set just come from the night, night. <laughs> yeah yeah there are things to say about this on behind the scenes okay right. all right but uh tarrant being a man of course can free her because he's a man yes, and he's she tarrant. can't she can't free herself of course she can't this a warrior woman can't get herself shit. away from a bit of um yeah silly string by taking a boot off of course she can't do that yeah so that happens and that's when jarvik turns up tarrant keep still don't provoke it. You, woman. Give it the chiropan. What chiropan? I haven't got it. You must have touched some. It can smell it on you. Don't tell me you threw it away. From my boot, Dana. You put it in your pocket. Human greed. That's the only problem with Kairos. Everyone who comes tries to pocket a crystal or two, and even if they lose their nerve and try and dump the stuff, it's too late. The smell of it clings. If you've touched Kairopan, those brutes will come after you. They need it once they hatch out. They use the stuff to make silk for their little cobwebs. And uh, we get the you woman, give it the chiropan. Yeah, another woman. You woman, woman, yeah, give it the chiropan. Um, she gives it uh, to it and the spider eats it. And Jarvik says, human greed is the problem. If you so much as touch it, the smell lingers and the spiders need it to build their web things. Yeah, what are they building the webs for? Um, don't know. I know we, we can't <laughs> expect decent biological... Uh, ecosystems on a BBC television program like this, but this this creature makes no sense whatsoever nope. in any respect other than being a vague threat to the crew. I'll tell you how you could have tied it in a little bit, although it would need a better writer and it would be a bit more involved yeah. in that this is another planet that uh, Samon had been to. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the web from the web or something like that. Yeah. You wouldn't have a spider there. It's a then. genetic... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, they, they were, it's almost like um, they, someone had turned up with this creature, said, "Look at the creature I've built," and they went, "Oh, we'll bung it in the next episode." Mm. Does mm. it fit? Nah. <laughs> but the spider walks away, its backside wobbling like mad. It's, I yeah, think, walk, I, I, is, walk is a strange word to use there. The, the, the walk. Yeah, it, I, it, what, what, what's the worst? It, it's big airbag thing, or the way it walks? Do you think? 
I think it's the airbag because it looks stupid. It just wobbles. I think, wow, yeah. If because it it could have looked a little bit like. Have you ever seen the film Extro? Terrible film, but there's a there's oh, quite a nice creature. Oh, that's it, in behind the scenes. Nice, nicely remembered, Ian. That is exactly. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to be talking about in behind the scenes oh, right. shortly. And it could have looked like that, couldn't it? Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. What you said just a minute ago about Day of the Triffids, this is very true. That photo on the back of Starburst, yeah, there was a nice colour photo yeah. of the spider. If it's a photo of just the head, the head's not too yeah. bad. The head is a really nice no, sculpt. It's sculpted, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's when it eats really the well crystal, done. That's quite effective. Yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah, I like that. That's good. But not yeah, when it walks away. <laughs> the rear view is not good. It's not good. No. Um, what are you doing here? Tarrant says to Jarvik. And he seems quite pleased to see him. Yeah. Um, but then he spots the teleport bracelet and uh, Jarvik grabs Dana. And we've just got more nonsense with the whole, oh, you'd hide behind a woman, would you? And um, And then the whole, oh, what about fighting man to man? I mean, this is just yeah. so macho. It's, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. What tosh. It uh, was dated even then, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's ultra dated now. Yeah, yeah. There follows a, a truly crap fight. The only way this crap fight would yeah. be better if it had been, if we had had a cut to Avon, just like he did when Tarrant was being beaten up by fake cancer. If we had seen Avon with a bit of a smirk on his, on his face, or even yeah. Villa just smiling a bit as Tarrant I mean, gets kicked a bit <laughs> yeah it's such a dull fight that my notes for it say bad fight and then Tarrant's braces disappear because he was wearing braces earlier and now he's not and I was thinking why is he where's his braces gone and if you're in a, an exciting fight if you you're thinking that. where is the character taking why is the character taking his braces off yeah yeah that's not good it's not although good. of of the two fights that happen in during this end bit this is the better one. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jarvik wins <laughs> this one and Dana says that he'll have to take hers and so we get another crap fight starting. And uh, while that's going on, Avon tells Tarrant that he's got two minutes to get the ship off the ground. Yeah. And uh, the fight stops with Jarvik telling Dana, you fight well, but you're still a woman. Okay. Yeah, now, now what... While this, possibly win. while this fight is going on, I mean, you've said Callie's quite good in this, but she's not got much to do here. Again, this this rebel freedom fighter woman is just standing like she's the referee at a wrestling match. She's standing right next to them. She could have stopped Jarvik at any time. Yeah, it. I mean, they should have all bundled onto him and kicked the crap out of him. Yes. <laughs> Why are they worried? Again, that's about what the audience him? wants. It's a like. Yeah, but it's a life and death situation. Why are they worrying about honour? These pe- these people wouldn't. Avon would happily shoot him. He would have just back, shot him. He? he had a clear shot. Yeah. Have they? No, they haven't got weapons, have they? They no. haven't got weapons. Oh, that's a good point. But, they haven't but, got their weapons. But Jarvik had a weapon and he put it down. Yeah. So why doesn't Callie just wander slowly over to it and stab him in the back? Shoot him in the head. Yeah. 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 Or stab him. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. it's just it's it's. It's pathetic. Yeah, and the spider comes back. Why does the spider come yeah. back? The spider's attracted to the people that have touched... The, I suppose the smell is still on Dana. That's why it comes, it comes back. Okay. Well, why did it go away? Yeah. Did it, <laughs> it, it add enough? Did Maybe it, it thought she had a, a bit more. small amount? I don't know. But that, that's when Jarvik and Dana teleport up. 
and um, Servalan doesn't like the fact that Dana's back on board, and she stomps off to the uh, to the flight deck and orders Zen to um, do a planetary assault. Zen, is the Liberator equipped for planetary assault? Affirmative. Good. The zone immediately below us, in a square of 50 surface spatials. Clarify your instructions. I want it destroyed, Zen. Completely. I wasn't aware the Liberator could actually do a, a, a planetary assault. Well, it's difficult, you normally, because the, it's normally in orbit with the weaponry facing parallel with the planet. It doesn't normally face a planet, does it? No, no. It would have to be pointed at that exact area. Yeah. But uh, Terran has seconds to take off, um, but he does. We never see this. Something Mark no. said... On effectively speaking about this sequence is how did they take off from that hangar how did they get through the roof but I've noticed this time watching it this time Avon does say to Villa something about get the get the roof open yeah, or something like that open. yeah um, Zen destroys the area but then reports that an alien craft is approaching Where's Dana? There was one of those creatures they teleported that's it. Uh, Tarrant, you have seconds. Strap yourself in. Surface bolts have been launched. Impact in 13 seconds. Countdown. 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 2, 1, Zero. Surface area obliterated. Thank you, Zen. Ah, Jarvik, the bracelets. I assume you did bring them all. Of course. There seems to be a body in one of them. Sensors report alien craft, approximate bearing 4903, approaching. It turns out that Avon has made an analogue, there's that word, the word is actually used on yeah. the show, has made an analogue Sopron. With what? But it, yeah, but again, this yeah, this 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 deserves a bit of discussion. So he uses the word analog, but he uses it in the alternate meaning as I've made a substitute, an artificial one. Yes. Yeah, an artificial. So so not analog in that it's not digital. Yeah. So but we can take that because we're we're sneaky people. We'll take that that he says it's analog. Um, but yeah, a what's he made it from, and b how the hell has he made this? Yeah. Again, how how is he? So this is a creature. They said this rock is a living creature, and it's developed these capabilities because it's the only protection it's got. How is he in seconds made a, a a mechanical version of this out of an old lunar lander control panel? Exactly. I mean, you could say that he has researched the Sopron. That's why they went there. Okay, that's fine. He knows what a Sopron is, and he's got a Sopron. But you're absolutely right. He's only got these like hundreds of years old circuitry, and he's made yeah. an artificial Sopron. This guy who is just like a like a computer hacker he's a computer genius i know he turns into know-it-all avon but he yeah. knows so much that he can actually make an artificial sopron from the circuitry in an ancient lunar vehicle yeah the, oh, the, this is this is again classic this happened a lot in doctor who things like that this is classic 
any bit of equipment, any bit of electronic equipment can be turned into a completely different piece of electronic equipment mm. by tinkering with it, yeah. which in, in the real world, of course, is utter crap. You can't do it. There's a, there's a reason why, I mean, circuit boards and that, they're designed to do a specific thing and you change one thing on them and they're useless. Yeah. And you, but this science fiction thing of where if you fiddle enough with something or reverse the polarity of the neutron <laughs> flow, suddenly one something that's designed to be, say, a radar scanner can now be a laser weapon. Yeah. It, it's the laziest of lazy script writing. It is. I, this would have been better if they're... Because, you know, if Avon would have had the rock and he's used that somehow. That's what I was going to say. If he had, if he somehow yeah. hooked it up to the, yep. you know, the computer of the lunar module and transmitted the Sopron or something yep. like that, yep. not made All an analog version. Yeah. All they would have needed was the rock there with a couple of wires stuck yep. into it. And I would go, OK. Yes. Yeah, he's done that somehow. But yeah, but to make it, to make a, a replica <laughs> version of it. In less than uh, a day. Yeah. You know, in less it's than a day. You almost feel, I mean, this must have been, this must be scripted because this is, this is like the big, uh, the end into it. And it's, you know, it's sort of clever. But it's almost, it feels like they made it up on the day, don't they? That's like, how are we getting out of this? Oh, make, uh, make a version of that. But it couldn't be. I mean, no. this is this has been written and gone through script editing. Yeah. Oh dear. How did it get that? Yeah. What is it, goes Servalan, as do we, when they see the yeah. lunar module up on the screen? And again, Zen is describing the Liberator now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, really good. Yeah, and it's, and that's really like good. It. And uh, and it seems yeah, Sopron is a distorting mirror, but Jarvik isn't buying any of it. He's laughing his head off. Um, yeah. and Tarrant comes on and tells them to surrender and uh, Jarvik is astonished when it looks like she's actually taking it seriously she's listening to the computer and she's taking it seriously Zen will have picked us up so, so what do we do before they blow us out of the galaxy we attack attack we have nothing to attack with then bluff it tell them to surrender but they'll know the sensors Try and raise the liberator, Kelly. Open beam frequency. Liberator, are you receiving me? Is that a weapon? That? No, no, no. It's purely defensive. An analogue of something that evolves on the permanent dark side of the planet. A highly simplified copy, of course. Permanent dark? Are you saying you've I've built... built an artificial sopron? Yes, that's what I'm saying. What is that? Detect a scan, reveal it to be a high-technology space cruiser. Hardened, self-healing, Herculaneum hull and superstructure, advanced time distort facility, speed range to standard by 12.203. Computer assessment of weapons reveals the craft to have an assault capacity marginally greater than that of the Liberator. Self-defense. Some animals bristle out their fur to frighten their enemies. That doesn't count for much in the dark. So what does Sopron do? Sopron is a mirror, a distorting mirror. It reflects a slightly greater image of whatever it is that happens to be scanning it. Zen saw a capacity-charged brain, because that is what Zen is. Orak saw a highly sophisticated computer, because that is what Orak is. Kali thought that she saw her parents, but what she actually saw was herself. And will that work? Oh, yes. The question is, what will Servalan see? And will she be fooled by it?
the actor's okay here. Yes. I, I quite like the way he plays this. Yeah, when he tells her to, for once, to use yeah. her own eyes. Yeah, it's this is this is the only bit where I think you that you don't roll your own eyes at. No, no, I don't mind him paid. in this bit. This this last bit yeah. of Jarvik, this bit here where we haven't got the macho posturing, this this is all right to say look trust your own eyes don't listen to the computers but she's listening to zen zen zen's theory is that it's a holographic projection so what you're seeing isn't yeah. the actual thing it's that there's something else behind it and she says that they've got to flee to the carapan transporter and that's when Jarvik says it's madness serverland says kill her meaning dana and he is killed by accident. I, I watched it a couple of times. Shad goes yeah. to shoot Dana, and he walks across the line of fire, doesn't he? Prepare to evacuate. This is madness. Captain Shad, kill her. No, wait. There's no need to... Ah! Kill me, and who operates the teleport? Orak. Avon has the key. Oh, yeah, it's definitely he... It's accidental. He's going towards Serverland. Mm. Shad turns and fires um, a bit prematurely. But, yeah, it's uh, it's not like he heroically finally saw the worth in a woman and jumped in front. No. Serverland then says to kill Dana, and, um, you know, Dana says, you need me to operate the teleport. And she says, oh, we'll use Aurac. And she says, Avon's got the key. So Dana has to teleport them. And she does teleport them to the transporter. Now, Dana is there with the woman who killed her father in cold blood. Why the heck didn't Dana just teleport them out into space? Yep. Yeah, it, it, make, End of again, it makes no sense, does it? Ever since we've met yeah. Dana, she's after revenge for her father. Here she has a golden opportunity to kill Serverland, and she transports her across onto the teleport, uh, onto the transporter. Yeah. What tosh? It, of any of the... I mean, Callie probably... It'd been better if that had been Callie, because Callie would have... And that would have made more sense with fighting if Jarvik would have fought with Callie. Callie yeah. goes onto the ship, because Callie would... She she wouldn't kill Serverland like that. She would deem that Serverland deserved. Yes. Yeah. Well, you to, saw yeah. how she was with Clegg, didn't you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She that would have made sense. But yeah, Dana should have should have just killed her in some way. She would. Oh, just, yeah, she got a it's, boot it's bomb. Like, Usually, she's got a boot yeah. bomb or something like that. She could have chucked at her anyway. But yeah, yeah no. That, that... Also, in my notes, in my notes, and I I can't remember this, but. I'd, I'd written a line down in quotation marks with a what? And it's blast her into nether space. <laughs> Did you hear that? What What the hell's nether space? Oh, God. I, maybe it's the same as these deadlights. I yeah, don't true. Know. Deadlights help you see in nether space. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. We, but we next we get that, that lunar module and it's, oh, it's so wobbly. It's It's been, you know, flown along on wires as they go to dock. That made me think, yeah. how do you dock a hundred-year-old ship onto an alien ship? They can't Definitely. dock together. If, yeah, no, I reckon it went into the hold. You know how the hold yeah. can open up and can swallow well, up actually, a ship. Tarrant said, I mean, they, they obviously realise that they, there's no way they can do this, isn't they? Because they actually have Tarrant or a, uh, Villa asking Tarrant, how are you going to dock it? Mm. And he says, uh, I didn't think we'd get this far. Yeah, yeah. Which is, that, that, I, I like that. That's the only sort of Tarrant yeah, line yeah. I quite like in this. Oh, yeah. 
and that's pretty much it you know um you know they come onto the flight deck and terence says something about oh no he wasn't a federation thug avon he was like a special man oh some tosh and that's how it ends um yeah you know so yeah that that's the end of it thank goodness and yeah i i wrote my own uh little eulogy to jarvik there mm-hmm. so rather than what Tarrant said i i put jarvik live like a trap die like a trap <laughs> that is a very good eulogy yeah. yeah very good i mean that 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 was an appalling episode i can remember watching this and just being yeah. you, you know just stunned by it but the week after this transmission the next one was uh, the city at the edge of the world and i'm sure we all went thank god <laughs> after watching that one uh, it's back on yeah. track you know it, it isn't it weird though that yeah i like i say i remembered this episode as as one i really wanted to watch on vhs because of my memories it was like oh this is the great monster and the mon- the monster doesn't appear much in it <laughs> and it's not very good the weird, weird reputations of these episodes that mm. build up, isn't it? It's... Oh, good lord! Oh no! Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's a dire one. But Ian, we've made it. We've got through. Um, we have. We got through it. And I think we found a few nuggets in there. There were nuggets. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I, I think we all agreed nuggets. on them. I think we. Yeah. They're, 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 they're... We found those nuggets in our boots, like Villa found the Chiropan. Yeah. I've. I, you I, know, I, they I, weren't as big as that. But... Yeah. I've I've got a eulogy for the story. All right, Go there on. there were some diamonds in the dog turd. How about that? Yeah, I yeah. think that's yeah. I think that sums up this episode. It does. I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't want people to think that we we hate Blake Seven because we don't. We do love it, and we do love it. And I I hope it comes across that we're we're finding. And when Avon is good, we're saying Avon's good. But this is a an absolute stinker of an episode we've said before the reason we object to things in blake seven is because we love blake seven and you know we find things that you 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 know that we just don't feel and it's our personal opinion we don't feel that it's on par with other things that we do love in the show and and this yeah even Anne's sort of verdict on this was that it was atrocious but even she sort of said it's a weird episode. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when like I said before, we're watching it out of order. So, but even, even watching it out of order, she can tell that it's like, this isn't Servala. No. Where's her self-respect gone? No, it, it was dire. I'm, I'm glad we've done it. I'm glad it's out of the way now. Yeah. Right, um, so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, not the episode. I enjoyed watching the episode for this and I enjoyed chatting about it. But I, yeah, it's, I probably won't ever watch the episode again until we've got, a, you know, if we cover something else in it or mm. you don't go, you wouldn't go and watch this for enjoyment, would you? Absolutely not. OK. All right. So quick thing on behind the scenes uh, before we wrap up. Um, uh, the reason you got that hanger there is because it was filmed at RAF Bovington. OK. Oh, right. I've been there. Well, there you go. You've you've been to Kairos then. Ah, excellent. Yeah. Didn't get any crystals. <laughs> the visual effects designers for season three were Jim Francis and Steve Druitt, and this spider was designed by Steve Druitt. Okay. And there was a special effects assistant called Mike Kelt who operated the spider. And the reason it walks so oddly is that uh, he was walking backwards on all fours with his front uh. upwards. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his, his face and his chest was up at the sky, and he was on his 
uh, arms and legs walking backwards his legs were in the spider's front legs and his arms were in its back legs and his head was in that bum thing okay and you said earlier yeah extra the idea of that moving like that that was jim francis he had he he's admitted nicking the idea from the alien in extra to try and make it yeah, a bit right. more alien and otherworldly unfortunately yeah extra i haven't seen that since the cinema days but i remember you know when you saw the alien in that incarnation it was all at night here yes. you, you know it's bright daylight and oh boy it doesn't work yeah okay the, the bbc they they design things really nicely and they put a lot of thought into it and these guys are really talented um but then it's always tends to be filmed in totally the wrong way doesn't it? like you say bright daylight would have been great at night just see it shape coming out of the mist oh it'd been really good it's it it's almost like they they get ninety percent of the way there with this these sort of effects, mm. and then the filming lets it down. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, this bit—if I forget the, what the spider looked like and just listen to the audio—the bits with the alien, yeah. you know, it, it could be all right. But uh, but what we were saying there about the photo thing, yeah, people were happy with it when it stayed still. But the more it had to walk, the sillier it looked. <laughs> so. After a while, they had figured that out, and that's why you see in, in many of the shots, you only see a bit of the spider. You'll see its head yeah. or a head and one leg, and they tried keeping the moving bits to a minimum. But like you say, it, it if it had been filmed at night, it might have been better, but it, no, it was just awful. I suppose the, the the trouble with these as well is that they the way they i mean they would have advertised this and it would have been in the papers the, the photographs of it and and, and if you've spent the money, this is this is like the the low budget filmmaking that always goes wrong. That people think if you spend the money on it, you've got to show it. Mm. And of course, the best monsters are the ones that are not shown much. Yeah. Well, look at Alien. Um, exactly, Alien. Yeah. So it's this this thing of if we've paid for it, we better show it. Yeah. And, and I think they would have been better off showing just the little bits. Yeah. Don't show it in its entirety. You don't. You don't have to. I can remember seeing photos in the newspaper where you had the spider. You yeah. know, you you had the cast posing with it and smiling with it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, little did they know. Yeah, the mouth section of the spider. It was reused on the snake creature in season four's rescue. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they salvaged that and reused that. And it's now Blake Seven law that seeing the spider made up Jan Chappelle's mind to leave. Really? Yeah, as soon as she saw that, it's like, no, I was umming and ahhing, but no, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know? So, and, you know, I mean, also you can tell in, like, in this episode, she's so sidelined. Yes. She's become the Jenner of the group. Well, she didn't have to be there. She she didn't contribute to anything apart from to say, oh, they've been teleported up, you know, at the end. She she didn't contribute anything at all. Um, Yeah. Um, What else have I got? Um, Yeah. You said about Anne knowing the actor Andrew Burt from The Bill. I know him from Emmerdale Farm. Oh, um, yeah, we, I, we never used to watch Emmerdale. Yeah, no, mid seventies. My mum liked Emmerdale Farm, and my mental image of this guy—I can't remember the. Was it the Sugdens? I think it was the Sugdens. The Sugdens, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Fraser Hines was Joe Sugden. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he was his older brother or something. And yeah, I just yeah. remember him in 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 Wellies, and uh, yeah, yeah, standing in a field—not this field, but a field with cows rather yeah. than spiders. Well, I, yeah. I hope he was more convincing. <laughs> Yeah, that. I yeah. imagine he was because um, 
I say, I, I, I don't blame the actor on this one. Sometimes you can say that's the wrong actor cast or anything like that, but I think that he does the best with what he's got. Yeah, he's it, just it, it could nothing. be anyone in it. You could have had old yeah. Jason King himself, couldn't you? You know, yeah. um, Peter Wingard, and it would have just... I mean, that again, that, that that's a pastiche. Peter Wingard as Jason King, he was open to the yeah. navel and hands-on hips, and he had that handlebar moustache, but he was sending that type of character up, wasn't he? He wasn't yeah, taking it seriously. You, this could have worked as a, as a beautiful send-up. Mm. with a, a lovely coda at the end to show the stupidity of this guy. Yeah. But it's not. And I, 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 I think you probably agree with me that, like I said earlier, there's nothing in this episode that suggests that was the intention. No. Or if that was the intention, then the writer didn't get it through to the no, production no, team. No, dear idea. Um, Andrew Burt um, was considered for the role of somebody in a film I know you like. Uh, he was considered for the role of Roger Deerbridge in Life Force. Oh, right, yeah. But he never got it. I do it. like that film. That's a cheesy film that is really good. That's... Have you ever done that on a film? No, 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 no. We're going to have to do that. Maybe you and yeah. I can do that one day. Yeah. On effectively speaking. And something I didn't know until I started looking into this actor is I know him from something else, but I'd never made the connection. He's actually the voice of Radio Norwich on Alan Partridge. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so Jarvik, actually, there's a bit of a link between him and Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge's views are very Jarvik-like, aren't they? In, That's true, in some yeah. ways. Yeah. I could imagine, yeah, I could, you know, we were saying that I can imagine viewers watching this and going, come on, I can imagine Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge going, oh, would, yeah, would love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in much yeah. the way he, he admires Roger Moore's James Bond, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's the same sort of thing. I could see Alan Partridge as Jarvik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steve Coogan, good actor, so yeah, I think yeah, that would that would have been interesting. Yeah. All right, okay. Perhaps another one for Mark. Yeah, there, there you go, Mark. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, so uh, the tally section. He's He's got a, you coined it the other week, a, a mutoid-type uh, tally. He's only got a genre tally of five. Um, this show that I mentioned last week, I've never heard of before, The Legend of King Arthur from 1979, yeah. where he played King Arthur. Um, right. I don't even remember that being on. Um, no way. Then it was Blake Seven uh, here. Then he played Gulliver uh, in Gulliver in Lilliput. And then he was in a Doctor Who that I've never seen because I was never a fan of Peter Davison. But he was in Terminus. He played somebody called Valgard. Oh, my God, yes. Has the penny it, just yeah, dropped? It's, yeah, it has. And and weirdly, I always thought that character was very much like uh, uh, the actor uh, uh, Javier. Is that Javier? I can never remember the guy's name. I have to write it down. Um Javier Barden, mm-hmm. and I, I used to think that he looked like him. Yeah, you're, it's the it's same him. person. It's actually, yeah, Terminus is 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 one of those Doctor Who episodes where it's um some amazingly good designs in it, mm-hmm. like the 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 uh, the radiation suits that the guards wear, the veneer wear. Right. Um, but an absolutely awful story. Yeah. See, I'd I'd, I'd given up on Who at that yeah. point. Um, the last thing he was in, um, genre wise, was Super Gran. Oh God! That's the first time that's that. appeared I on hated this show. That. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was awful. I used to hate that. Yeah, talk about stereotypes there as well. Oh yeah. dear. Oh. Yeah. So that gives him a who tally of one as well. Now, after everything we've been saying, what do you think, Ian? Does this go on the assassinator list? Yeah, I think so. I there's not enough in it to warrant 
the bits that are in it could be in anything. The actual episode itself is is just horrible, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so yeah, I think this this for me, I would rather watch Assassin again than watch this again. Well, that my next question for you was: Is it better or worse than Assassin? Because if it goes on the Assassinator I, list, you yeah. also have to say whether it's better or worse yeah. than Assassinator. I uh, I think it's worse. I think for me personally, it's worse. I yeah. find it uncomfortable watching a lot of it, and the bits that are good and don't outweigh the bits that are bad. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on both counts. Yep, it goes on the list, and yes, it's worse than Assassin. Yeah. Yay, we toppled Assassin. We've toppled Assassin. Right, I don't know if you remember this bit, Ian, and I don't know if you're prepared for this, but as this is our 25th episode, I thought we would uh, just take stock of uh, our favourite characters so far. Have you had a think about this, or yes. have you forgotten? Yes, oh, I oh. did. I, I've, I, I... I looked at the, the the list and yeah I've come up, it was it was quite difficult mm-hmm. um but because originally I'd, I'd included like the trooper <laughs> as a generic but it's like no that's not fair because we've got different so yeah I've got I've got my list of five all right um, okay what I thought we would do is we would we we'd take it in turns going from five up to one and see if uh okay. if we can pair we match. well I if we match on all five I think I've got. I'm making a note now. I'm putting a big cross by the two that I think we're going to match on the yeah. person in that place. All right. So okay. off you go. Your Are you number. You're going to do the top of the pops. Yeah. Bam, at bam, five. Bam. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> I could put that over the top, couldn't yeah, I? Right. Make a note. Yeah. Put in. Alan Partridge then, isn't it? <laughs> all right. So at five, Ian, what have you got? <laughs> Uh, steaming in at five, I've got Koza. Okay. Um, I enjoyed the character. I thought he was um, really a, a nice study in someone losing their mind. Um, uh, he had great collars. So, yeah, I, I he went in at number five. Okay. It was a toss-up between him and Raker, but right. Koza won. Okay. Uh, I went for Gunsar. Oh, interesting. Okay, because, yeah... Ben Steed again, isn't it? But uh, yeah. but when we focused on Gunsar, uh, my appreciation for that character went up uh, by quite a bit. And I think a lot of it was to do with the actor and the little quirks that didn't have to be in there, but they were in there. And um, yeah, apart from a couple of questionable Ben Steed moments with the character, um, he was a very enjoyable character. Yes, I, I I agree 100% there. All right, then. You're number four. Coming at number four, Gunsa. <laughs> um, for all the reasons you said, I, I absolutely fell in love with the character um, watching it. I, I thought it was, it showed that, as we said earlier, it showed that a uh, an actor's input can salvage uh, what could have been a, a terrible, terrible character. Hmm. Um uh, yeah, I, I I will forever have fond memories of Gunsa. Mm, excellent. My number four uh, was last week's Joban. Um, oh. I, I'm still thinking very much yeah. about Joban, and I still, you know, Kevin Stoney and his performance, and what we were saying last week about, you know, there is a menace there, and there is a. Yeah. A, a sense of threat there, without either of them raising a voice, and it all through smiles 
um, yeah, no, I, I, I just thought he was terrific. I wish we had seen more of him. I really do. Yeah, he's an incredibly short scene, but very, very memorable. Yep. He was, yeah, he was hovering uh, just outside of my list. Oh, right, right. Too many good characters. That's there, there are, there are. All right, at three, what you got? Uh, number three, I've got Tynus. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I love the episode. I, I know he's not the... He's probably not the deepest of characters, but I thought it was so well played by Ronald Lacey, and it was nice to to get a bit of, <clears throat> pardon me, to get a bit of Avon's backstory that that sort of worked. It right. wasn't too over the top. Yeah, I, I I I really enjoyed his portrayal. Yeah, snap. I've got Tynus as well, uh, that, and that's not one that I've marked down. But yeah, no Tynus. Yeah, for everything you've said there, I like the fact that you know um, he he does seem to actually be Avon's friend. He does seem quite pleased to yeah. see him initially. He is out for himself, you know, ultimately, and he seems quite regretful yeah. at the end that he has to kill his friend. Uh, but very yeah, mem- you can memorable. see him being friends as well, can't you? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. It's not, it's not a stretch to see that. Yeah, no, no, uh, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we agree on three. So it's down to. T- I know what your your your, your two are going to be. It's just a matter of which way round. And oh. I, 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 yeah. I, th- these are the two. If I could take a photo, if we were doing a video thing, I'd show you now yeah. what I've got marked. I know what your number two is, and I know what your number one is. Shall I tell you what your number two is, and you tell me whether you're num- uh, right or not? Go on then. Your number two is Clegg. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, is it is it because the I mean, and you know, your number one's going to be. Is it because these two characters, well, these are are just the cream of the cream. Clegg Clegg is amazing. I mean, we we gushed when we watched it. I he Michael Sheard is just utterly utterly believable in it. The it it's just it's almost pitch perfect character i wish it had stayed on mm. i wish they hadn't killed him i mean there's there's no point in going on any f- further you and i have both said baben for one you and i have both said have. Clegg for two yeah. and i don't know if it was the same for you but if, if baben was going to be number one but Clegg is so close behind him if 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 yeah. baben had been played by anybody else than colin baker Clegg could have been number one um, yeah I, I i i wholeheartedly agree i think if anyone else that have played Baben, he might not even have made the list, or if he had, he would have been further down. Well, here's a thought. He, he, he could have been almost a Jarvik type, couldn't he? Yes, because, yeah. You know, almost. Yeah, yeah but, but Colin brings such a, a sense of, of, of sort of, he knows what this character is, and he plays it. I, I mean, I'm a huge Colin Baker fan anyway, uh, but this character, it's just... He he straddles the series like a colossus, doesn't he? Mm. He he will he'll he'll be that statue in the Javik pose, but he'll have earned it. Yeah, we we we're, we're going to come back to this every twenty-five episodes, mm. okay? And I'm off the top of my head, I can't see um see Baben being toppled from the number one spot. Um, Do you know what? I I possibly could. Oh, really? possibly could see him being toppled, yeah. Oh, right. Well, this is going to be yeah. interesting, isn't it, to see what happens. When... Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this idea is coming back in episode 50, and it's just down to who we're going to get in, the, so next... Far, okay. <laughs> in yeah. the next 25. Oh, can you believe it? That, that, that'll be almost a year then by the time um, episode yeah, 50 no, comes I... around. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, I, these 25 have just flashed past. 
um, when I was making the list last night and uh, I said we were doing this to Anne and she said, uh, like, just looked at this and like, oh, you've done all that? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, just blown by. Yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't really covered any major characters yet. Well, as I said right at the beginning, I didn't want to, you know, have all the best major memorable characters first because then you will have like the Jarviks and the uh, Ogs at the end, won't you? You know, so um, so I'm I, I'm I'm hoping the listeners out there are, are okay with the fact that we're 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 varying in uh, quality, aren't we? I mean, last week we had Joe Ban. Yeah taken a serious dip you know yeah. this week hopefully next week we've come up a bit i don't know i'm looking forward to next week because while i like next week's character i don't like the the, the episode at all but we'll talk about that in a minute okay yeah. uh, talking about the listeners i thought you know any listeners who are out there you know what are your favorites um would you like to care care to go along to facebook and and uh list what your top five so far are or it doesn't have to be all five you know what your favorite character so far is i'll I mean, i'll put the list of them all up on facebook so you yeah, can have a look as a reminder say, and it'll be interesting if if you could just say why as well and it could be something as personal as you like the character you know it something twigged with you but yeah it's, it'd be interesting to see because I, that's the nice thing about fandom, isn't it? That there's so many different viewpoints. Yes. I mean, there might be someone that puts Sir Jarvik top. Mm. If you I'm do, gonna, I would friend them immediately. <laughs> but... it, yeah, if if somebody does, I'd like to know why. I'd yeah, like, why? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All Are right. we missing something? It could be that we Are got it completely missing? wrong. It could be. Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> or it could be that neither of us are manly men enough no. to appreciate the character. I never did during the week. You, you know, call a lady in Tesco's or anything woman or anything. Yeah, no. woman, <laughs> woman, scan faster. Scan my broccoli. Um, mm. that, let, you should actually do that. Stood there with your hands on your hips. With my zip and, undone. Uh, see how long security takes. <laughs> I'm a legs yeah, wide yeah, apart. In a jumpsuit, in a boiler suit, <laughs> with the zip undone down to your waist, hands on hips, saying, "Scan those beans faster, woman." Or just stand at the side of the road and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I imagine that uh, blue flashing lights will they feature would. in your they future. Would. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Um, next week we're going back to season four. As I say, it's a character. I like the character. I like the actress. I'm not keen on the story. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you take on it. Of course, we're going to be talking Doctor Plaxton. Or as Avon calls her, who? Um, yeah. So join us for that one. I think we've got a lot to say Excellent. next week as well, yeah. haven't we? Looking forward to that one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's an episode I've not seen a huge number of times, so I think it'll be interesting. This is the episode. There, there, there are a number of them, but this is the one where my jaw was on the floor. I listened to this one quite a bit on audio, and it was a revelation to watch it you know, on video when it came yeah. out, because I had forgotten everything visually about this. I had, and yeah, yeah my I, jaw was on the floor. <laughs> I seem to, I seem to remember thinking this was another BBC one where they've not really understood the punk attitude mm-hmm. and, and sort of tried to replicate it. And a bit like they did, because almost every series had a, a, an episode that featured punks, like, are you being served and the goodies yes. and things like that. And every single one of them is just, horrible to watch it's, so it'll be interesting it's like the american version of punk isn't it it's like when yes. you uh yeah. star trek 4 when kirk and spock are on the bus and yes. you've got a guy with a mohican yeah. it's like you know 
it's it's not feral punk it's not street punk it's over designed punk isn't it yes yeah yeah it's designer punk it is it's des- yeah. sadly was a thing yes it was sad yeah 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 i think we have much to say next week all right yes. okay well nice. thank you anyone anybody out there still listening i mean time clock is saying we've been talking for two hours 15 i've got to put all the audio wow. bits in so this is actually going to be the longest episode which i'm i think is fitting it is the 25th episode yes, unfortunately we've been talking about yeah. somebody uh, who is special but for all the wrong reasons so mm. yeah two two and a bit hours of Jarvik. i can't oh. see yeah i can't see Jarvik being on our top fives when we come around to episode 50 can you Perhaps, perhaps on episode 50 we should do a bottom five. Well, no, the very last episode we'll ever ever do for this show is a complete roundup yeah, where we have the tops and the worsts. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. Okay, thank you, Ian. I'll talk no to you problem. next time. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've got to go off and watch uh, Yeah, Star Drive now. I haven't watched it. I don't think I've watched yeah. this one since uh, I, I got the box set as well. It's one, again, I, I, uh, I, I just go, nope, what else is on this yeah. disc? Because there's three, three stories on a disc. I don't think you'll disc. be watching it again, will you? <laughs> I, I had a reminder of, of, of my thoughts on it when I went to Small Space and Phil Stevens yeah. had his Space Rat helmet recreations, and it's like, mm-hmm, it's coming back to <laughs> me. Yeah, all right. Okay, to be continued soon then, Ian, okay? Nice one. All right. Cheers then, Ian. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.